What happens when a 10-story skyscraper parking garage meets the world's largest conveyor belt? Well, you might be reaching your downfall tonight on Game Shows, I suppose. Welcome, everybody, to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about. Game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. We have a great episode because we are be talking about Downfall, the ABC game show uh, short-lived, hosted by Chris Jericho, with Burn After Noticing, Stick Flair, a.k.a. Paul, stopping by, and we get to talk some wrestling, we get to talk game shows, it's a good episode, so drink it in, baby! Also, like always, we gotta get through the news. Hi folks, it's news segment. Yep, I'm gonna just uh, have a root beer, and let's see some news. Alright, so Kimmel is hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. That, that's nothing new. But uh, because of the tape dates and, and timing constraints, he won't be able to uh, host the show on Thursday. So instead, it will be uh, Mr. Peter Boudiget, uh, l- long-time mayor. Was he even a long-time mayor? P- Peter Boudiget is going to be hosting Jimmy Kimmel Live. Don't ask me why. I, I, do vote Joe Biden is maybe I uh, don't. I don't know. Super Tuesday uh, was weird. There's an there's an election right now. I hope Bernie wins, but look, I I just can't just. I I've been looking at the news for like the last few days, and it's just been bumming me out. Oh well. Uh, so hey, if you like uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Get ready for Pete Buttigieg being a funny version of himself talking to Guillermo. Maybe in Spanish? I don't know. Current events. No word yet if there's an audience, though, because of that coronavirus. Uh, in other news, and related to the Kimmel doing Millionaire, uh, Wheel and Jeopardy have no audience. Now, they have a limited audience for Trebek uh, since his pancreatic uh, cancer diagnosis. But uh, Wheel of Fortune will also had no audience when it came to the uh, Pat Sajak health scare for a bit. So they're, because of coronavirus, also doing empty arena game shows, which has been very weird to see recently. But um, hey, no no audience for Jeopardy Wheel due to coronavirus. Uh, both shows will be filming through mid-April and will go without a live audience for the filming stretch. Uh, this is not only to protect audience guests, but also, you know, Trebek and, I'm guessing, Banna and Pat. Next. Uh, so there's a new game show coming soon to BBC. Hosted by Richard Bacon. 
Uh, two years after he was left in coma after falling ill with pneumonia, the radio producer is placed in coma for by the condition with both lungs, and he has a new format called This Is My House. The show will be part reality, part game show, and will follow four contestants living under the same roof. One contestant will be the real homeowner, while the other players will also dress the same and claim the owner's identity in a bid to convince a celebrity panel the house actually belongs to them. The hopefuls will then be interrogated by the studio before the panel will then decide who the real homeowner is, and cash prizes will be on the table. Jesus Christ. The sun in the source. It's the circle meets through the keyhole meets what I lied to you. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I I mean, fine. Like That's kind of like a to-tell-the-truth then. But you're going to have a reality show in someone's house. I don't. Fine. 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 Okay. Next, because uh, of coronavirus, MIPCON, the big format uh, event. The uh, event was, uh, was going to happen in Cannes, March 30th to April 2nd. But uh, they decided to cancel uh, MIP TV, MIP formats, MIP docs in the Cannes series uh, because of coronavirus. The French uh, government banned gatherings more than 5,000 people due to the global pandemic. So looks like no formats are going to be pitched. Usually that's like the place I always go to to look at what, like, what's the new future of, of games and, and reality shows. But uh, maybe it'll be on pause. We'll find out soon. Oh, well, uh, next, uh, another game show announcement. Netflix orders a dance show from Studio Lampert behind Undercover Boss in The Circle. The Circle and Undercover Boss producer Studio Lampert has cooked up its latest format for Netflix. A dance show that will aim to find the world's next superstar choreographer in London. Uh, the new show is going to be called All the Right Moves and filmed across eight weeks. The idea is that aspiring choreographers will compete over the course of a number of challenges to create iconic dance sequences using professional dancers. Studio Lampert has been casting for dancers in the UK for recent weeks. Oh, boy. Uh, Netflix declined to comment to Deadline about this, so I can only assume it's... Good to be another dance show, folks. Yay! Okay. Now let's go to NBC. Because who doesn't love fun broadcasting from the office or Peacock? NBC's special night of Red Nose Day. Programming set for Thursday, May 21st. Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, and Adam Scott kick off the night and star in Celebrity Escape Room at 8 p.m., followed by Red Nose Day special. NBC is once again partnering with Comic Relief US and Red Nose Day with a three-hour block of theme programming. We raise money awareness for children, uh, millions of children living in poverty across America and around the world. Kicking off the night at 8 p.m., Ben Stiller's bringing the phenomenon of escape rooms to television in spectacularly over-the-top style with Celebrity Escape Room. Stiller and Jack Black serve as executive producers and participants in the one-hour show featuring a cast of A-listers immersed in the hilariously high-energy, no-holds-barred escape. Following Celebrity Escape Room, the two-hour Red Nose Day uh, special featured the biggest names across entertainment with a packed lineup of music, comedy, and short documentary films to educate and engage viewers. 
Joining Stellar for the gameplay are comedy stars Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, and M. Scott. I just said this. And Jack Black is host and the all-knowing game master who puts his celebrity friends to test as they work together under intense pressure to beat the clock, lock in a series of surprising puzzle rooms to ultimately engineer the great escape in this uproarious and heart-pounding adventure. Tapping into the wildly popular escape room craze, his celebrity escape room combines the drama tension of real-life video game with the side-splitting allure of the ultimate party game. All highly competitive of killer instincts, Stiller, Cox, Kudrow, and Scott will work together and channel their inner Sherlocks to decipher clues and solve puzzles, brainstorm for solutions, and combine their comedic talents to ultimately gain their freedom before time runs out. When stumped, they may only ask the Game Master for three clues to help them escape their complete isolation from the outside world. Each room that the players complete earns money to be donated to Red Nose Day. Okay, uh, addition is uh, so I'm, I'm going to take a stab here and say that the this is a pilot. They're trying to do a pilot for Celebrity Escape Room for NBC. I mean, it makes sense to do it for Red Nose Day because it's a charity event, so that makes sense. I guess Jack Black being the the game master, sure. Um, there's been a lot of escape room based game shows over the last uh, few years. Uh, Race to Escape is one that I, it springs to mind immediately. There's that one that's coming soon to Universal Kids. I don't know if that ever came to be. Um, then there was uh, there's Escape with Jane Vardy. Uh, and, you know, like, I get it. Escape rooms, they're big, they're popular. They're events to do during a date. You know, look, oh boy, look, we're in a fake uh, Dracula castle, and there's a four-digit code in a coffin. Oh, what's going to happen next? Um, I mean, good for a nose day. I always think that's always a great charity event. Uh, and it's always a fun thing. But I, to me, I, okay, I like escape rooms, and I think there, there could be a format in this. But, I mean, like, when things like Crystal Maze already exist, and that was the precursor to escape rooms, I don't know if this is really... Uh, as exciting because the idea of an escape room on television is you're supposed to know the answers and then scream at the TV. You idiot. You don't know the password. Whereas, you know, with a lot of the TV shows, you'll need to have the cameras face the clues and make sure that it's safe. Uh, and I've learned from, from experience here watching all these shows that, you know, if you're going to do an escape room show, there is, Usually, the the reason people like escape rooms is the interactivity with you in the in the room versus being a, a passive audience member in them. But who knows? Maybe the the way they're going to do it is going to be more over the top. There's going to be frantic uh, special effects, or it's just going to be Jack Black going, "I'm the game master. What do do?" Jeez, he is going to do that. I'm the game master. Wobby do. Anyway, Quibby. Jesus Christ. Quibby is going to kill me. You know Usher? Happy Easter Xbox, Usher? Well, he's bringing his moves to the upcoming Quibby Dance Competition Series. It's a 10-minute show. How can you do a... Never mind. The Grammy Award-winning R&B artist will serve as a judge and executive producer of the show. It's called The Sauce. 
which is produced by Talia Mavro's The Front. The new dance series will be hosted by brothers and Atlanta-based dancers Io and Teo as they explore the unique dance cultures in cities across the U.S., finding the freshest talent to compete head-to-head. Does this mean like your mama's returning next, too? Because whenever I think competitions, I just, I, for some reason, I just think Wilbur Valderrama's Yo Mama revival and something tells me Quibi's going to announce that next week. It just make me have a nervous breakdown. Anyway, dance uh, continues to drive much of our popular culture in increasingly more meaningful ways, and I can't wait to help these young dancers express their extraordinary talent and vision, said Usher. I'm excited to be working with Quibi and The Front, who share my vision for cutting-edge, culture-forward content and have created an innovative platform to recognize incredibly gifted dancers from across the nation. I wonder if he really did say that, like in an interview. I'm excited to be working with Quibi and The Front, who share my vision for cutting-edge, culture-forward content, who have created an innovative platform to recognize incredibly gifted dancers from across the nation. I don't think anyone's ever said that in real life during an interview. Like, oh, how does it feel working with Quibi and The Front? You know, if you asked me and I was like a dancer, I'd be like, well, you know, I mean, Quibi is innovative. I, I haven't... This, this new tech might be interesting, and The Front has uh, matched my vision for what dancing should be. Something like that. Not this innovative platform to recognize incredibly gifted dancers from across the nation. It sounds too PR. This sounds like they didn't get Usher. They just had like the assistant or the manager write a synopsis sentence. Anyway, Ao and Teo went viral in 2016 when they shared their self-taught dance moves with the world. As a result, Usher invited them to participate in his music video for No Limit. The Sauce joins the robust array of unscripted series in the short-form streaming platform set to drop April 6th. This includes a different kind of dance series called Floored, hosted by Liza Koshi. The comedic dance composition features two teams of skilled dancers that take on an insane dance floor with a life of its own because they're going to fall on their face. Ha ha ha. Okay. <clears throat> Next. Because I, if I had to go through more Quibi, I would just have a nurse. Game Show Network. Upfronts. They happened. I was like, because it's like E3, but with television. Game Show Network uh, doubles original episodes this year. Touts a family-friendly slate. Cable Network emphasizes brand-safe content for upfront brand-safe. What the fuck is that terminology? Brand-safe. Yeah, we don't really want to take risks this year. You know, it might damage our brand, so we're just going to play it safe. Brand-safe, as it were. It's like brand... It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Brand-safe. Is that like... uh? Coca-Cola is selling Coca-Cola this year. No shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, after reverting to traditional game show formats in 2018 and dropping the Monker GSN during last upfront season, Game Show Network says it is done transforming. Now the cable network is pushing further into what's working and will double its output of original episodes this upcoming year. Oh, that that's, that's it. Um, I, I thought it would have more info, but I know there's new shows, by the way. So this year's upfront uh, conversations with buyers will focus on that expansion of programming and emphasize that the network represents a safe haven for brands seeking an escape from off-putting or risky program. Oh my God, are you kidding me? That's what brand safe means. Hey, we know like you don't want to get too lewd. You know, you don't really. You don't want to go into po- the the news shows. You know we're a divided country because of Trump. Please sell your uh, mortgage company to us. Sell your uh, 
your uh, macaroni and cheese ads with us at GSN. I, I, we don't want to be too provocative, you know? We really want to play it safe. For you, the uh, life insurance policy ads. Our customers know what they get here. They get game shows, Zacario said. They can plan for it. It's predictable, and that's comforting for people who are buying media three or four months out. Game Generic plans to double the 550 episodes of original programming that are released last year. It has greenlit two new original series. People Puzzler, based on the Puzzler crossword that runs in People Magazine, and Masterminds, a celebrity trivia game show hosted by actress Brooke Burns. Returning to network uh, this year, our originals America says, Catch 21, Common Knowledge, and Get a Clue as well as syndicated episodes of Family Feud hosted by C. Farmer. Okay, so I guess like season four now, if it says Catch 21. Unless this is all the ones that have already been recorded. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Those new and returning programs are in line with Game Show Network's program definition, which pivoted away from modern formats to the traditional comfort food fare its audience was craving. I'm going to look. I look. I'm going to. I hate to break the PR right now. I hate to say this. I could describe GSN game shows a lot of things. Comfort food is not one of them. It is not macaroni and cheese. It is not tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches. It is not uh, grits, for instance. The a game show network game show is. I would say McDonald's burgers like it's processed. It was made in, in like a laboratory somewhere and mass produced for mass consumption. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not supposed to, it's easily forgettable much like a Marvel movie. I will compare GS and game shows to Marvel movies, paint by numbers quality of game shows. There is that bad no, I think they are charming in their own way. I like Catch-21, by the way. I think that show is amazing. Um, Get a Clue is okay. America says, fine. It's balderdash. Uh, and Common Knowledge, I think that's like a fun trivia show. It just has a weird scoring mechanic. Uh, that I just, I wouldn't say it's comfort. I would not say, man, you know, I'm craving some America Says right about now. In, in the world of games, just nothing springs to my mind. Like, man, I really want to see Get a Clue. It doesn't happen. I don't get it. It's not the same as, say, like The Chase, or I would even go as far as to say even Lingo, where it was like, you know, that one game show where it's like, man, you know, it's really clever, that little game mechanic. Idiot Test, to me, that's a, that's a uh, macaroni and cheese. That because that one is fun. It's and it's over the top and it's silly, but it's it's that right amount of snark that's fun. I don't know. That's I think they they said well, idiot test is just too risque that we need to push back. Oh well, uh, we're not in a mode of transforming the audience and chasing hits that may be outside our genre. As a carrier said, we're chasing hits that are inside the program definition, and advertisers are responding to that. Oh, God. So we are chasing hits that are inside the program. We're just trying to find hits that are, you know, game shows. So advertisers will be happy with that. But we don't really want to go outside of the realm of game shows, which is a lot of things that are game shows. If you haven't seen this 
podcast, and most likely you have, but in case you're a new listener, game shows are very broad. You know, uh, Survivor's a game show. Chopped is a game show. Uh, dating game shows like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, those are game shows. A lot of things where it's formatted in a way that is structured uh, beforehand to have a rules explanation, maybe even a challenge or two, that's a game show. Is there a win-lose condition? Maybe. I don't know. But to say it's outside our genre, I don't know. I mean, like, if you're going to go with that, like, hey, you know, people clamor for a countdown in the UK, go for that. You know, people love the chase. They they miss the chase. Why don't you just bring back the chase? Because that seems to be, like, what every single game show network fan wants is the chase. And look, I, I think chase is just an okay show. I like pointless more. But hey, if people want the chase, give them the chase. It's it's just something. This just feels too robotic for me, and I don't know. But let's read the shows. People Puzzler, which was in production during last year's upfront, will present opportunity for the network to forge new brand partnership. This is the brand safe as well. Um in tandem with People Magazine publisher Meredith Corp. The show is the first time that the network has partnered with a brand with people's scale and name recognition, which the Karyos said will help draw audiences and attract advertisers. Yeah, it's not like they did that with the Think Like a Cat or the or the Kmart sweepstakes show. No, totally different. Um, true, its long-term messages to advertisers, Games Network also emphasized its family-friendly programming lineup going into 2020-2021. You know what's an easy way to get brand integration into a game show? Make up prizes. I don't know. Maybe it just offer up prizes from the companies. E- easy to go with. There are a lot of places, both in linear television and outside linear television, that aren't brand safe or maybe off-putting for reasons like overt conflict, Zakira said. We're a safe haven from that, and when the marketplace dictates, we remind people of that. I mean, like, conflict is the main priority of game shows. I... I th- did I record that episode? Yeah, I think I did. The the game show school. Conflict is the major selling point of a game show. It's uh, contestant versus house. Team versus house. Contestant versus team. That's how you play the game. Now it's, you know, played for light amounts of money, like a thousand bucks or so. But uh, in American game shows, it's kind of tough to play casual Simply put, because a lot of times, not to be mean, contestants are treated like shit. Uh, they're there to have fun, and if you know you're just ringing them like cattle, and then like after twenty minutes, get the fuck out. Like, no, that's not them having a fun time. It, to have a a good contestant, make them have a warm time, have a fun environment, and now bring out their best, and now be entertaining format. But I don't know. I don't think that that's GSN's really understanding game shows, to say the least. I think they are focusing, they're they're diverting away from their attempt at um, syndication. That because it didn't really work out so hot, they're now focusing their attention on, well, we will just do as many original shows as possible and then do Brad Synergy because... Well, if the market's oversaturated with like reality competition shows and and uh, reality documentary series, 
Well, ours is cheap because it's a game show, but hey, you know what you're getting with us because we play it safe, and that's fine. That is a fine kind of thing. But it's not safe branding. That's just what you do when you play it too safe is you don't attract audiences. You just kind of... You are against a buzzer reruns of, of like concentration right now. You are against me going on YouTube and like trying to find old episodes of the Crystal Maze. It's a little tough. You need to figure out like what what are we doing here? Um, also, it's weird because it's the same network that brought us like Elevator and Divided, and it's like I don't know. Uh, the, the, I mean, I understand they're trying to probably go for, like, ABC Summer Fun Games Lite, which is where they should be directing their, their program, but I don't know. Uh, Games Network will continue its strip scheduling approach, in which most shows air subsequent episodes across all five weeknights. Most of GSN Originals, Audience Watch Live, and its Lamp Originals is bringing in new v- viewers, like Harry said. In last year, 10 million new viewers watched the network, according to Nelson Figures by Game Show Network. Our audiences watch Game Show Network in a way that is advantageous to advertisers. They watch live, which is extremely important because it means they're watching the commercials. And they also buy the stuff their advertisers sell, which is really the point of it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm getting a meltdown here. Yeah, I get it because advertisers run television. I get that, but oh, my God. No, nothing on uh, Masterminds, which I heard is just best ever trivia show, but they've now umped it with pop culture questions instead of, like, U.S. history. So that doesn't mean the network isn't thinking about opportunities in the streaming world. Well, Game Show Network hasn't seen a loss in viewership like the industry's average decline across linear, according to Zicario. It is working to determine the best way to capitalize on the on-demand space. It won't announce anything during this year's upfront, but Zicario said the network is charting a plan. We have an enormous library of originals that will only get bigger and make sense to us for, at some point, getting in front of a non-linear television audience. We're ready to talk about over-the-top stream. Buzzer is currently... Buzzer, the big competition? You can see it on Pluto right now. Buzzer has their originals, the Fremont Library, up on Amazon. You can watch Card Sharks. You can watch Family Feud. You can watch Supermarket Sweep. GSN originals, some of it's on Netflix, but it's really hard to find anywhere else. I think they need to figure out their game plan real quick if they want this to succeed as a streaming format thing. But I don't know. It's something is just making me go, ugh. I mean, like, Minute to Win It is still on Netflix, and it's the GSN Minute to Win It, but I can't find anywhere the chain reaction. I can find Emo Genius, but I can't find, you know, Billing Volingo. I can't find Russian Roulette. Revive Russian Roulette. What was wrong with Russian Roulette? What was wrong with Friend or Foe? You know, Friend or Foe is just too conflict. That's too much of a conflict. We can't have that. We are in 2020 right now, and I think there needs to be some sort of uh, update to Game Show Network where it feels like the return of the 2000s original, 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 which is what they're aiming for, but one where there's more variety instead of just a plain rap quiz show, plain rap guessing game, plain rap clue-giving game. Because all that's going to lead to is like, coming soon on Game Show Network, we have a, what, we have 20 questions with one question. What's inside the box? And it's always like photos of things. That's right, folks. 
uh, Carson Presley hosts a brand new game show. Like, that's what's going to happen. You know what? What's popular is uh, Sudoku puzzles. So coming soon, Sudoku, hosted by Roger Lodge, formerly of Blind Date and of uh, Camouflage. GSN always has like an original group. If you, to me, I'd say this Game Show Network always has like ups and downs in a way where they have their originals. It always feels like the stock market. They have all of these big shows, then they close. And then they have more big shows, then they close. Like, I remember when it was like, that's the question and how much is enough. And then they had that one group where it was like Newlywed Game and Love Triangle and Baggage. And then that fell. And now it's the uh, America Says Common Knowledge Get a Clue Hour. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be fun, but who knows? It'll be interesting. Uh, next, Songland. Uh, season two guest recording artist announcements. Okay. Uh, I love Songland. I think it's a game show. I treat more like Shark Tank because it's like a it's a talent show, um, with songs and artists. So they made a list of uh all the music. Like Usher's gonna be on there from the new Quibi show, The Sauce. Usher, you know from The Sauce. A multi-platform, uh, Bebe Recta, uh, Ben Platt, Julia Michaels, Martina McBride, Lady Antebellum, her, Louis Fonsi, Florida Georgia Line, and Boys to Men will be joining uh, the group on this new season of Songland. And finally, Ryland, currently hosting uh, that new show, uh, Ray Steady Cook, which I've been seeing and thinking it's okay, has another new quiz show on BBC. It's called The Squeeze. Uh, uh, Squeeze will probably see Ryan put contestants through their paces with a mixture of tough questions and physical challenges. So it's the whole 19 yards. The source told the Sun newspaper's Bizarre TV column, B bosses trialed the show a few years ago, but they didn't find the right personality to carry it. Now they know larger than life Ryland is perfect. Producers think he's just the guy for the show. Ralph Ryland, I've just flown back from Scotland after filming it, and it went really, really well. It's very early days. Meanwhile, from Rex Factor, Race to Cook, go back to Screams earlier this month, 10 years after the original show ended. Series will air through 20 episodes with a focus on minimizing food. Wa- oh, this is the Race City Cook. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. Well, look, between the GSN upfronts and, like, the squeeze, another game show coming to BBC, I don't know anymore. I really. I. I I'm a loss for words, but, um, you know, that's game shows for you. Anyway, let's start today's episode. Tonight's episode is Downfall. It was a game show uh, that was set on a 10-story skyscraper that was really a conveyor belt. It debuted in 2010. Uh, Instead of, like, giving any fun facts about the show, I'm going to read a review of the show from Reuters from June 23rd, 2010 by one Barry Guerin from The Hollywood Reporter. Here's a list of the types of viewers who likely will enjoy Downfall. 
The new ABC primetime game show that premiered Tuesday. People under age five. People over age five who are nevertheless entertained by seeing things crash and break. People who are stumped if asked to name a famous toy inspired by the hula. People who are intellectually overmatched by Wipeout, which precedes Downfall. Downfall is played atop a downtown Los Angeles building that is described as a skyscraper, but looks more like a 10-story warehouse or parking garage. To start each round, an obnoxiously overcoached contestant picks a category and then answers questions. It quickly becomes obvious one will never see these people on Jeopardy. When the questions start, so too does a conveyor belt, loaded with prices and cash until the necessary number of, question of answers are given. The conveyor belt carries the objects over the roof. Cameras record their descent into oblivion, followed by obligatory replays. However, like a lot of this six-episode series, the prizes are phony. They are mere replicas of the actual prizes, built to fly apart upon impact. In a sense, even the top prize of $1 million is phony. Small print during the closing credits, legible only with the assistance of a pause button, explains that in the event there was a grand prize winner, which seems highly unlikely, the money will be paid out over 40 years, 25000 a year. Or the winner can get a lump sum based on net present value, perhaps about $200,000, depending on assumptions about future interest rates. There are a few other rules. Players can use a panic button and repeat the round. If they do, the prizes are taken off the belt and one of their possessions is put on it. The first contestant put her old dining room set on the belt. The second risked a set of used golf clubs. It's hard to imagine anyone worried about the loss of these items except perhaps the local Goodwill outlet. Another rule lets a player put a partner on the belt. Still another rule requires the contestant be dropped off the roof when the game ends. In both cases, individuals wear protective jumpsuits tied to bungee cords. As such, the descent is as exciting as a fast food drive through the only pleasant surprise in this hour of mindlessness is the work of the hosts. World Wrestling Entertainment's Chris Jericho, this is World Wrestling Entertainment Jericho, before he went to AEW. Whether because of his quick wit or his experience with phony situations, Jericho sets the best tone possible for someone tethered to this silly enterprise. Speaking of Chris Jericho, longtime wrestling friend of mine, Paul, a.k.a. Thick Flair, is going to stop by uh, shortly after recording Burn After Noticing. Will we be seeing a, a, a winner in the champion Chris Jericho, or will we be tapping out as we break down the downfalls? There's only one way to find out, and that's by turning the tables. With me on the line is from Burn After Noticing, and one of my two sweet friends paul <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes it's, it's me i'm paul thick flare tv to all their friends thick on twitter TV. <laughs> that's me that's me i'm on twitch this is TV a streams. fascinating uh episode because we've been friends for over a year now at this point yeah and i'm i'm really excited to get into this when you um suggested that we talk about a uh, a game show hosted by chris jericho um i could not have been more ecstatic i'm very very excited to get into this this is why you're part of my inner circle of friends here <laughs> oh that's right we, we gotta all, get through uh, all of the bits <laughs> we all just we're gonna open up a little bit of the bubbly a little bit um, of the bubbly 
Uh, when we, you uh, said I want to be on the show, I put you on my list. Yep, we have uh, a we have a problematic MMA guy that stands behind us, just kind of looking scary. Uh, <laughs> gonna give uh, the the husband of one of the most prominent uh, correspondents in the WWE a sports car a, worth a lot our, of money. Yep, our, it's uh, we have a Ford GT. We have uh, our entrance music is a rock and roll song done by us. <laughs> it's just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And and uh, you know I think we also should just jam out with our with our rock and wrestling cruise ship. Oh yeah, that's right. We're getting on the water. We're, we're recording from international waters right now. Uh, with our band. <laughs> yep, we have our we have our bands. We're doing karaoke with other with professional wrestlers. Everything um, the, the is crowd better. is singing a theme song with us. Tony Schiavone is over here in a Hawaiian shirt. He, he people still keep asking him about Starbucks for some reason. Yes, uh, there's a dentist here. There's a dentist here for some reason. You know she's a dentist. <laughs> I, really? Wait, Britt Baker? No way. I don't know what's more annoying in the world of wrestling. This is like now become a wrestling podcast. What's more annoying? Did you know Britt Baker is a dentist, or do you know that Ricochet is like a real life superhero? Oh yeah, they're both. I don't know. I think the real life superhero one, just because like it's just even more tryhardy. Like at least Britt Baker really is like a dentist. She she you know, she like, has qualifications. She is a DDS. And like now that she's heel dentist, it's a lot more doable. We're like just baby face. Oh, I'm fun loving superhero Ricochet. Cool. It's I just like, like Nightwing. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Ones. You don't see me. <laughs> yeah, I can I can do all that stuff. I just don't feel like it right now. Uh, <laughs> so this is a fascinating uh, game show we're talking about. The it year- is. Um... <laughs> It's hard to put in like words like the bonkers nature of this game show. Yeah, I don't know who kind of came up with this, whose idea it was, but um, just the kind of uh, uh, serendipity of having a game show taking place on top of a parking garage where you it's smash a skyscraper, <laughs> and then you you go to cast it and you find Chris Jericho to host your show. <laughs> just perfect. it is. It's okay. It's like. Should I, should I start with like explain the creative, like who created the show? Yeah, please do because I'm not really familiar. All right, so the the production company is Fremontal Media. Now, for for those who don't know what Fremontal Media is, it's one of the big five like game show companies out there. Uh, Fremontal Media is also home to The Price Is Right, for instance. Ah, okay. Uh, they also have the uh, things familiar. like American Idol. Uh, you probably heard of that. Uh, distraction, which in many ways kind of reminds me of distraction in some regards to prizes being smushed up. Right, right, like the pressure of the potential for your prize to be destroyed. Uh, and there's two uh, executive producers. Ken Warwick, uh, who works at Fremontal Media, he was one of the minds behind American Idol. Mm. So the American Idol guy came up with this concept. And another one, Scott St. John, who is one of the big names behind things like Deal or No Deal. Mm, okay, okay. now that makes sense, because the, the aesthetic of this show, like just like from the set design to kind of like the edits and things, uh, it definitely has like that style, of, like that element to it. Now, they, they originally recorded six episodes of the show, but because it was very boring <laughs> and they didn't have yeah. enough episodes, of contestants. They to, I remember reading like they cited like a lack of contestants and uh, and and like the 
speeding up the pace of the editing. <laughs> they had to, and when you see like what happens to some of the contestants, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, and like I, I, so I, I binged out all five episodes of this today <laughs> doing research. Um, I just, I just set three and a half hours just of my brain being subjected to it, and it's pretty easy to see why it didn't last beyond its initial five episode run. I'll say that I'm not surprised. I'm, I've always say one. There's always two rules of thumb. Do you want to be a contestant on the show? And two, do you aspire? Would you have a strategy in place with the show? And, and I would say no to both of those because because there is an a, there's an aspect on the show that I always hate in game shows when they do it, and uh, it, it's very messed up. <clears throat> All right, so. Here's how the format works, because I gotta explain the rules of the game show. Pretend like I am Mister Le Champion. Just give us a give us a little more a quirk. I am Le Champion. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho, a guy who doesn't follow the rules in AEW right now, but he follows the rules of a game show. Yeah, Here's absolutely. how I mean, it works: there is the only thing standing between a contestant and one million dollars is seven rounds of gameplay. And we're not in any studio. We're here on top of this skyscraper because we're crazy. Crazy. And not only that, there's this big conveyor belt. I would love if Chris Jericho just cut like this as a promo instead. Like he he totally did like the Tom Bergeron thing <laughs> in this show. Oh, you just want to like have like a microphone like, look here, uh, Julia from from Redondo Beach. You think you're so be, yeah, smart. Like, you think you are all the all the rage. Well, look, there's twenty five thousand right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Or just like you know what happens when you get the question wrong, huh? You know what happens? Click, click. You just made the list. <laughs> just putting contestants on the list. That's what we need. So, uh, so this was 2010, so we didn't have the list Jericho yet. What was Jericho doing in 2010? Which Jericho was that? Well, he wasn't wrestling a whole lot. He was uh, the light-up suit Jericho. Right, that was early light-up suit Jericho. Light-up suit Jericho, NXT era Jericho. Right. When they, yeah, when, I, you know, I always forget about that first NXT run. Not, 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 uh, not uh, you know, the Undisputed Era, Finn Balor... No, that's the original NXT was like a game show, right? It was supposed to be modeled after a game show. It wasn't because it was predetermined, uh, <laughs> and it had that really kick-ass theme song. We are wild and young. <laughs> you know, sometimes you know, sometimes WWE delivers with the music. They really do. <laughs> I uh, I was lucky enough to see Jim Johnston like speak and like talk about like all of his motivations and like stuff behind a bunch of different themes at Starcast once, and it rocked super interesting guy and uh it's all right we are interested derailing this podcast with wrestling so just get back to it it's we'll wrestling and game shows that's all that's all i know pretty much it's too. all connected it's all connected so we are on a 10 story skyscraper read parking garage uh and there's a giant conveyor belt and chris jericho's there uh and we see and off the edge of the skyscraper slash parking garage is the conveyor belt Yes, as they build it as the largest conve- conveyor belt ever seen. <laughs> that. Well, have you ever seen any other larger conveyor belts in your life? I mean, I don't I know. Have. Maybe the one from I Love Lucy, but I guess this may be length more than width. I just, it depends on how you uh, you kind of you kind of go. Like, there's those sushi conveyors; they're very long. 
oh man especially those ones where it's like you can put like 10 plates and you can get like a random prize or something that's fun yeah yeah. i mean i guess this this one counts girth it's got more width than other ones but you know length versus width is a conversation people have been having throughout the ages uh <laughs> so you know that's really subjective so we're introduced to a contestant but unlike other game shows where the contestant gets to wear whatever the hell they want to wear they get to wear like the most ugly ass jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, just the khaki. There's one. Uh, one of the contestants even mentions that she felt like she was wearing a big diaper. <laughs> and just then I was like, "Yeah, this thing sucks." It, oh yeah, it just it. I just 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 for the record, the show does suck. I just, can just get yeah, that. Yeah, no, it sucks. It's bad. Like the the very first episode, like there's a like a, a married woman who's like. Uh, married like an Air Force pilot who's uh, like commanding officer is like the partner and Jericho's just hitting on her. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you going to do about it, huh? huh? <laughs> I would have loved to see Jericho just like get up in the pilot guy's face. Just, yeah, get out of my face, you loser. <laughs> so we are interested contestant. They get hooked up to um, safety railings because what if they fall what if the fall what if jericho falls off the skyscraper yeah jericho i noticed they don't give jericho any safety equipment he's they just have a, like a little hook on the that. back of his blazer <laughs> yeah they, sure, they just wire him up meanwhile the That's other like the one only... gets like hoisted up like a crane game <laughs> it turns out jericho is actually wired like crouching tiger the entire time but just that was the only cgi work they did was to just get that out of there uh, and then the other one is, because the gimmick is they're also playing off the edge of the skyscraper. Ooh, yep, spooky, terrifying. Yes, uh, over the edge. Not a pay-per-view we like to talk about. Not a WWE pay-per-view we like to talk about over the edge. Now, but, uh, I don't know what happened, folks. That um, was uh, over the edge 1999 was uh, where Owen Hart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was no blue blazers on the show. No, no. no. <laughs> oh. So, uh, the, Owen Hart. So the content, there's play with seven rounds, and the gimmick is there is nine categories, and they are all around the world's like pop culture. So it's like fat magical music, uh, big bands, toys and games, like all sorts of yeah, like things yeah. that would be like normal, easy to figure out kind of categories. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah, books, uh, TV, movies, pop culture, all that kind of stuff. Just different little spins on categories, like kind of the boilerplate questions you'd expect from a show like this. And the and in each category, there's ten questions. In round one, you just have to get four out of the ten right in the category. Round two, it's five out of ten. Then six, then seven, then eight, then nine, then ten. For each uh, round, if you complete, the money ladder goes up because you have to have a money ladder like a millionaire. Uh, five thousand, then ten thousand, then twenty-five thousand, which is guaranteed, no matter what happens on the show. Uh, then fifty thousand, one hundred thousand, quarter million, and then if you actually survive all of those six rounds, game seven, the final round, is played for one million dollars. Oh shit! And because it was which, never uh, aired and never in the rule book, uh, the gimmick of the final round was you would be on the conveyor belt. Oh, just yet. Yeah, I mean, no one got past fifty. So, spoiler alert there. Yeah, no such... one got past 50, not a single person. Not a single person. One almost debated about going for 100. Um, yeah, but then they took the, uh, yeah, I remember that. The one person that, uh, yeah, took the money and ran. So, uh, in each round, you get to pick a category. And instead of like, like for instance, if we were to go like, uh, let's go with like television shows. And I would say, like, I will give the name of a TV character. You must name the television show they appear on. 
Yeah. To avoid your downfall, you must get four out of the ten right. But that's not all, because there's also a hook. Because there's one simple rule in this game. Because there's a conveyor belt. There are prizes on the conveyor belt. Wonderful trips, vacations. Wonderful prizes. So many great prizes. You have um, you have a disco ball. A big, big disco ball is one of the prizes. A fish tank. A fish tank. Um, a like late 90s car. Um, some speakers. Uh, food, like large food items, like a big, big bowl of ice cream was one of them. Yes. Uh, a blazer with a mannequin. Oh, yeah, yeah, just the, the just an outfit on a mannequin. That was also very And good. what I loved is in the every... Money itself. <laughs> and what I loved the is in every money. episode, because the uh, gimmick is, because they're on the conveyor belt next to the edge of the skyscraper, laws of physics apply, where if they fall off the edge of the skyscraper, they fall 100 feet into the solid concrete on the floor below. Which brings us to the coolest part of this game show. They smashed a bunch of shit, and that was fun. They smashed a bunch of shit, but Jericho has to remind not just the contestant, but the viewers at home, this isn't really the prizes. This is just the a facsimile of the prizes. Yeah, you get that. He's like a little scrolling ticker on the bottom, like, this is just a facsimile. This isn't this real. Is, we're not really pulling a car. <laughs> They really, I mean, it was definitely like just like the husk of an old car, but still kind of fun. It was just fun to see it, you know. I it mean, was, yes, they were like facsimile items, but it was fun to see them all break nonetheless. And if at any point the cash goes over the edge, you're out. That's it. If the cash goes over, you go over. That's right. But not going over in like the good wrestling sense. Over as in like and, and, they hoist you up like a crane machine and then they drop you the 10 stories off the belt that's right that's right and it could either be you or they have another little hook where there you have the, the panic buttons right so you have two you can hit the panic button a couple times and you get like another chance at getting your answers right but you lose all your like item prizes yeah so uh in the event the money goes over the game ends and you go over and you lose all the money made up to that point in the game bye bye um but if you have you have two panic buttons, two options to end the round and uh, save yourself from elimination. But if you push that panic button, it comes at a price. Gotta pay the price. You must you must put something on the belt that means something to you. One that's a person and one that's a personal possession. It's all about property, folks. We love to respect personal property in this show. And it's, uh, we don't violate and, the non-aggression principle. And that's and that to me is like it's like I fucking hate any game show that involves like, hey, let's just break your shit. Like, let's just go to your yeah. house. Oh, you like, like your the, dinette the, set? Let's just like put it over the sky. Yeah. The first contestant, it was the lady and her husband's first dinette set they bought when they got married. So it's like not only a thing that they use at home, but one with sentimental value. It's like, yeah, we're just gonna break that shit. And it's like but, they were thinking, yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> and I think then, my like, favorite the, one was when the guy took his own shoes off. Yeah, that was I was just, like, he just, just dropped his shoes and it's like, that's it. <laughs> He's just like, here, take the shoes that I'm wearing right now. Because he has nothing. He really is like, I have nothing. I don't really live anywhere. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, good thing he got a few grand out of it, huh? Oh, no, because the, the shoes went over the cliff. So we can only assume... <laughs> At least he got you know whatever broken stuff was on the ground that he could salvage. He got twenty five thousand dollars too. He did good hey. to twenty five grand, so it was fine. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's guaranteed twenty five grand, huh? But if it's uh, only get through the third round, which is get six out of ten. Right. 
Yeah, and a lot of people did. So I feel like people were people were <laughs> like, the, some, some but these are really simple. Like, I'm gonna name a food item. You gotta tell me the fast food restaurant you get it at. The Big Mac, the Whopper. <laughs> One of my my favorite in the, in the first round or the first episode, the uh, the former Hooters waitress troop wife lady uh, couldn't get like any of the children's books. But then they went to uh, to TV uh, couples, I think it was, or something from television, and she like nailed all of it. And it's like those isn't the the strategy to pick the one you probably know the most about for last. Yeah, well, that's what um that's what one of the guys did in the later episode. He uh, like him and his daughter were trying to do one on uh, TV couples or like TV like it was like named pairs of TV characters, and they couldn't get any of them. But then the next one, he picked sports and just nailed all of it. Yes. So if it's not the personal possession, which by the way I will say fucking sucks because I hate when it's a personal possession because sentimental yeah, value. You really shouldn't put that onus on the contestant. Because then it just it becomes shitty. The other thing, which I think is kind of funnier, comical, is you put a person on the belt and it's always like yeah, someone the close to you. Yeah, a great gimmick. So it's like uh, your your wife, your husband, your brother. <laughs> Someone's your, your daughter. Your sister. That was fucked up. They brought their own daughter <laughs> into yep. the the guy brought his own daughter, and then they were like, "Well, why didn't you bring any of your other kids?" And he goes, "Well, she's smarter than the other one." And then, she, but the thing was, though, she did look at Chris and go, "Yeah, I pretty much am." Yeah, she's like, "I am. My brothers are idiots." <laughs> and then Chris like smiles and laughs because it's like Jericho's having fun in the and making this show. He's having a good time. He's a natural. He's very not only talented but also like working very hard at it. Like you can tell he's you know, making uh, the effort to hit all his marks. He's doing like a, just a good job as a television host. And when someone hits the panic button, even though there is like, who are you putting on the belt? If it's the person, they kind of, he kind of uses that time to like, I want to know this person more. So why did you pick like your husband's boss? <laughs> Cause he's yes. not here. He's working. <laughs> well, that was just Jericho trying to figure out where the husband was just for afterwards. And then the possession items, like this must be very sentimental, right? Like, and then sometimes it's like very sentimental. It? And then sometimes it was just like, oh, that's my husband's. He doesn't know I brought it here. <laughs> oh, good. What else doesn't he know about? Here's my number. Call me. That's pretty much it. It was just Jericho. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... And then once he found like, like there, yeah. One of the, so one of the questions that she missed was like about a hula hoop. And she brought up that she worked at Hooters and used a hula hoop all the time. And Jericho just stopped and stared her down and was like, well, now I really want you to stay on this stage. I don't want to see a drop. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Nope, I want you to stay right here." And the the boss's husband's there. He's like, "Yeah, we'll drop him off the edge." So if you hit the panic button, we'll any of the prizes are not going to be in the show. You don't win any of the prizes of the round. Also, prizes are at risk with every round. If the money goes over, you go over, but you also lose all the prizes. Yep. Which I also hate. Just give those. If it was me, if it was my brain, I hate to already go straight into the if I should reboot the show. I would just get rid of the idea of a safe haven, like, oh, you won 25000 no matter what, and just have the prizes be guarantees. Like, oh, you got two prizes, and no matter what, you want a trip, and you want this. Yeah, true. So, like, there's, like, you can, like, you know, risk the money and move forward, but keep your prizes. That probably sounds like a, a more sensible and way. Then, then again, this, this show made a lot of missteps, Jordan. A lot of missteps in this one. Oh, Jesus. Where do you want to begin? I mean, from the beginning, probably. So when someone goes over the edge of the which let's start with the beginning it's it's a, it's supposedly a skyscraper this is a parking structure and you can tell it's a parking structure it is simply a parking structure with like just some like 
awning all over it. Yeah, like it's just a very obvious parking structure. It doesn't look anything like a skyscraper, so there, there's your first one. But it has a nice view of downtown LA, which you kind of give credit for. Like, okay, fine, maybe that's why they got it. I would assume that's why, and also the rent was probably pretty good. Oh, oh they only were able to film for like four days. Yeah, I figured like one of the reasons that this show was formatted as like the oh shucks we're out of time at the end of episodes is because they just had to film it all at once. They had to film it all at like they had to imagine this. This is how bad it is. The prices are down below. They had to clean off that street before four a.m. because that is a actual street <laughs> that oh, needs fuck. to like be through for a lot of oh, things. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> Oh, the poor workers that had to do that just for this shitty fucking game show. And now imagine, a game, this is a first season game show, which means there's a lot of stops. There's a lot of stoppage. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. A lot or of what if someone out. says an answer and it could be an alternate answer? Like Chris Jericho needs more vodka. There's always that, there's always that issue. So And then, oh, we need pickups. You just won $10,000. Yeah, woo! Now, Jericho, we need you to say you won $10,000. You just won $10,000! I just won $10,000! Give me that money, you stupid idiot! Stupid idiot! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go That's back to Toronto. I'm from cost. Winnipeg. <laughs> um, uh, I would love that if they just had him dressed up like Chris Jericho like in the scarf. He had the light-up jacket. Just just fucking lean in. You have like that's the So here's another giant misstep of this show. You have Chris Jericho, and you just they used him as like a generic game show host when like you have Chris Jericho. Use him for more crowd interaction, you know? Uh do some pre-tape segments or something with him. Uh there's a lot you have like really like a really talented, like a genuine like renaissance man of media. He is you know? good at crowd work. He is gr- like and we're not even I'm not even like trying to be a bit like oh, he's a pro wrestler. No, like he is like one of the best crowd workers I can think of. Good at improv. He's a multi like absolutely. It, it ever, I wish I were like joking like ah oh, because Fozzie and all that, but no, like he really is like multiple multiple talent in all sorts of fields. And this is kind of proof he could actually host a good game show, but he I got stuck agree. with this format that doesn't really yeah. play to his strengths that well. Yeah, this was an unfortunate choice of game show for him to foray into, but he definitely did prove that he can do it. And if he they were to, if he were to like make another go at a different game show, he would crush. I could, um, I mean, yeah, but I mean, even on like, uh, like an existing game show, like I could see him doing something like a Price is Right or a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire type thing or something st- along those lines. <laughs> doing, doing Weakest Link, you stupid idiot. <laughs> oh, Weakest Link would be good. Absolutely. Uh, or uh, just like a, like a judge on like one of those uh, celebrity like music, music competitions. So there used to be a game uh, show. This is the funniest one. There is a game show in Britain called Who Dares Wins, uh, which is like a, t- uh, and it became a show in America uh for fox and layer game show network uh and it was with two strangers who've never met each other against another team of two strangers with the gimmick being there's a category like a spaces on a monopoly game board or movie starring tom hanks and you would go back and forth saying like i can name five i can name six i can name six so it's kind of like the uh like the leonard malton game type thing yes but it was called the rich list slash the money list so it's perfect for Chris Jericho because it's yeah, right the there in the name, The List. You just made the money list. You just made the money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Oh, I love that. Yes, yeah, so there's there's a lot more they could have done with him. Even just like taking like those little breaks in between to like talk to random members of the crowd or, you know, do a pre-tape segment with some of these contestants to get to know them better or, you know, have him do some comedy stuff or just mention that he's a pro wrestler and like, you know, tell some jokes about it. Something. Because the idea was supposed to be we hide in the extreme nature of this. It's the fear of the fall and. Yeah, Break. I mean, bring that up. Like, Chris Jericho could talk about Hell in a Cell, or he could be like, yeah, this would be a crazy place to have a street fight match, you know? It's something. I'm Get another used... wrestler to come cut a promo on him. Do like, like, come on, lean into this thing. I, I, you know, people know me as, as for, for money in the bank, but if you want money in the bank... <laughs> yes, perfect. Uh, you know, I invented money in the bank, and I'm trying to put some money in your bank right now. There's $50,000. <laughs> perfect. You know, Vince McMahon said you can win his millions, but we're going to have a million dollars for you right here on Downfall. All right. Well, before we, uh, I guess we should say quickly, uh, McMahon's Millions, technically not a game show. It's an act a in show. a game show. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a segment. It's a, it's a storyline. But uh, the gimmick was there was essentially he calls up fans of the WWE universe. And if they said the phrase that pays... I uh, they win the a chunk of money. Word. <laughs> yeah, and it was all that was all kayfabe. Nobody got paid. A lot of people got screwed. It really did suck. as WWE is wont to do. I well, I mean, I'm not even going into other things. But did you know there was another game show that Vince McMahon did? Um, maybe not. Okay, so this is real weird. Are you ready? <clears throat> Executive produced by Vince McMahon, starring John Cena. It was on uh, UPN what? called Manhunt. And Why John Cena didn't like play I've John Cena. That. He played a guy by the name of Big Tim. What the shit? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think I, the, I, I do remember him like doing like a pilot or like a season of some sort of game show. It was. So it was basically, it was like, what if every one of these actors gets like paintball guns and these people have to run around like a field and they say it's oh, Hawaii, man. but it was really just like a Los Angeles park. Wow, save that one for next time I come on this pod. Holy shit. That's if I can find an episode, that, that's, it's hard uh, to find because yeah. the show, because like the show per- didn't really pay off its contestants. And it lied oh, to the boy. public and almost uh, bankrupted UPN. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, John Cena probably pulled the uh, the George Lucas with the holiday special, just bought up all the copies of it. <laughs> and that's why he's now hosting Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? <laughs> hey, John Cena, another very multi-talented guy with very good timing. He's, a lot like he's hosting Jericho and he does a good job. Jericho on this show also has like he tries to have fun with it. Like it's cartoon characters. He tries to get involved. Oh yeah, and like the, the 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 people they cast, the contestants they cast, they got some real goofballs. Um, they were trying. That interesting... was the idea. They were trying to go for like ones. They're just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, they basically did. Like they did the. the I think they knew it was going to happen when they got the former Hooters waitress who was like pretty cute, like in front of Jericho. So they have that. You have the uh, you had the dipshit Midwestern dad that brought his daughter. Uh, you had the identical twins, who were like rich Saudi Arabian girls. Um, it's like they didn't even need the money. I feel like. <laughs> And it's <laughs> and the foreman was just too tough. Oh, and the to... Massachusetts guy, the real dumb Massachusetts guy, the Boston guy. But the Boston guy was smart to put something he hated on the belts. True, true. But he was, yeah, he was like really hamming it up too. He was just laughing, like he would just screw up answers and get him wrong. Be like, oh shucks, I'm just happy to be here, Chris. 
No, it was, well, the fun one was like the possession was on the belt, and he clearly like swept through like first five questions. He needed one more, and he just like has ten seconds left. He's like, uh, hmm, uh, hmm, like just fake hind and going, ah, uh, hmm. Oh, well, I gotta wait a couple more seconds to get this one right for the drama. <laughs> and then it falls over the cliff. Uh, <laughs> the the oh. Washington Redskins. Ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it. He didn't care because he wanted it gone. He hated the fucking thing. <laughs> no, you know, it's a good move. It's, it's it is pretty savvy. So it's like if some, you want your if you want that shit gone, I guess that's one way to go about it. Put it on a game show and have it smashed up. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, they, they definitely smashed them. What was your so? What was your favorite thing that got smashed? Uh, okay, uh, the car, the fake car. Yeah, the car was the best one. It's it's hard to get to like. Okay, so here's another misstep. You're breaking these things, right? You're, you're yeah. like you're supposed to be doing this for dramatic effect. Where's the pyro? Fucking put some fireworks down there and like have a couple of little detonations when we throw, you know, put some stuff down there. Some small explosions. Let's go. Maybe they were had that in mind and they couldn't figure it out or especially when they had the arcade cabinet. Oh, yeah, they did throw an arcade cabinet over there. That's definitely something that can explode. I mean, if Dean Ambrose's monitor thing that's in the plug can explode into his face. Hey, uh, I just can't believe that happened to Hell in the Cell against Bray Wyatt. Hate to see that, <laughs> folks. Yeah, hate to see it. Whatever happened to that Dean teams. Ambrose guy, anyway? Um, He uh, became a Metal Gear Solid character on AEW. <laughs> uh, the eye patch works. The eye patch looks great. He, he I for it now. <laughs> it's so good. It's just Dusty Road shit. I love it so much. <laughs> AEW is like leaning fully into like late 70s, like early 80s, like Memphis schlock, and it fucking is so good. So they looked at the old, uh, what was it, Southpaw Regional Wrestling and went, can we just do that? <laughs> yeah, just let's do that without the irony. And well, I mean, it's just all the things that they've been doing. Like I, I, when people hear this, if they watch AEW, they will have seen the Cody MJF 10 lashes angle. And it was a segment that I didn't expect to be good that was really, really good. Um, and it was because of the emotions that it, it kind of brought out and the way it was presented and the way everybody played, you know, the, the characters and did their jobs. And it just reminded me of something Dusty Rhodes would have done. Uh, oh, so in the, uh, the panic button, once you get that, you have to change categories. So there, that's where there's nine categories and seven rounds. So that's, that's one way of looking at it. When someone gets eliminated, Chris Jericho gets to say the phrase downfall again, because he gets to say downfall three times. In the course of a show, a, a three downfall night, much like a three Judas night, when yeah. uh, when you hear the, hear Judas three times. Uh, when Judas hit my mind, uh, so it's so good, it's a, it's such a banger. I'm gonna name off a movie character. You gotta tell me what scary movie they're from. Name five of the ten correct to protect to to fake your downfall. And then, like, if someone screws up, oh, it looks like. Uh, children's book authors was your downfall and you know what that means you're going down also the area this one and then instead yeah. of like a free fall or or like something that's like a speedy it clearly was just like a very slow <laughs> descent down by yeah, safety yeah, standards and then like the poor editing team has to speed it up to make it look like they fell <laughs> Yeah, there was like some Master Chef level uh, over dramatizing of editing in this one. Of you when they the fall. <laughs> yeah, you really had to do the best they could with that. Um, 
And by and the way, like, like two it, years later, it was 101 Ways to Leave a Game Show, and they make people fall 101 feet into the water. <laughs> that sounds like much more fun, even from the contestants' perspective. Like, if we're going to do it, just go big. Oh, no, they that is... They, the host was that was Jeff Suffin, and it was like the gimmick was like, what if those fear factor stunts, but as ways to eliminate someone from a game show? Oh boy! Great. So it was like they attach someone to a helicopter. They attach all the contestants to a helicopter, and they're like, the wrong answer is blup. See ya! And then suddenly they just get yanked by the helicopter and fly away. <laughs> this definitely does not pass your. Uh, would you want to be a contestant test? None of them, sure, and maybe that's why a lot of these are just one season wonders. <laughs> they're either too boring or too non aspirational. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're probably a, a combination of both with this one. It's a combination of uh, it's okay. The good thing of the show is the play along because the questions yeah. are up there and you can actually like scream at the camera like, no, it's this. It's this. Yeah, there's some formatting stuff that's fine. Like they're on to something with the that like with the the breaking the, the products is fun. Like smashing the objects is just going to always be visually like entertaining. Um, you had a great host. Yeah, Chris. Jer- and- Chris Jericho's face was on the on the money. Because they couldn't yes. use real money, so they had fake oh, prop money with him. The, as... I wonder if the Chris Jericho money's on eBay somewhere. If someone's still got some bills, it's it's right there next to, uh, <laughs> right next to some oh, young bucks. I was gonna say, what a great gimmick they could do. It was like um, the young bucks come out and they do like their money thing, and then the, the bills come up, but it's all the Chris Jericho bills from Downfall, and they're like, "Wait, what's this money?" And the fucking inner circle comes out and attacks them. It's that or they bring back Okada because you know Pain Maker with the Rainmaker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've being at an Okada entrance live. Oh, he just, is. Just, a, just, a, it's behold. one of those. Uh, this is going to become the wrestling show. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, if if I'm going to come on your podcast and any that's this is a, a word for anybody else to invite me on your podcast. I'm going to talk about wrestling, and I don't even mind because obviously I have like the same amount of love as you do for it. And yeah, and especially this. I mean, this uh, this game show is hosted by like one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever. So. This was you know, can't avoid it. Like and for those that aren't wrestling fans, like I know we've been just talking about Chris Jericho as if everybody just knows and cares who he is, which I mean, I do think he's one of the more popular, you know, household name wrestlers outside of like Steve Austin or whatever. But who's also hosting game are, shows. You name a, like a, a good like yes. Stone Cold Steve Austin host of challenge. Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Ranch Challenge. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He also did Redneck Island. On Redneck CMT. Island. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So Cold Steve Austin's going to host Downfall. You got to answer eight questions, and that's the bottom line. You got to answer eight gimmicks we call questions. And if you don't, we're going to take all your prize and throw them some bitches off the roof. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Just, so, just to kind of give an idea to, to those that. And the, then if know, someone wins, and then someone wins, Chris like Jericho, like, Chris Jericho's a big deal. He's like an all time great. He was. He, he had a great still smile, is. great flash, great pizzazz, Absolutely. and like has been wrestling for damn near thirty years, and has been a, almost at the top of the game for nearly all of it. Um, just a really remarkable career this guy's had, and here he is in two thousand ten, uh, slumming it on a game show essentially with all these. But the all right, so like, I hope I barely explain like four out of ten, five out of ten, six out of ten, seven out of ten, eight, nine, ten each round harder because of that also i forgot to bring up the conveyor belt gets faster with every round and if you pass the belt gets faster yes so passes we didn't totally get into like you can pass and just come back to those questions kind of in a rotating loop and you get as many tries as them there's no running out of attempts but Um, remember if the money goes over you go (laughs) 
Right. So you're you're timed with the uh, the conveyor belt and what's falling off of it. Uh, your panic buttons. We went over that. And then when you use, you know, the your your panic partner as your lifeline, they get to help you answer the questions up until the point where they have to fall over the cliff, which is at the halfway point. Right. Um. And usually the funny part is that sometimes they're hanging and they're like, you still have like an extra like 20 seconds with them because. Yeah, they're just like walking. They're like yelling from the out from the, there like, oh, it's the Flintstones, the Flintstones. You did it. You're right. Oh, but you're still over the edge. So see ya. <laughs> yep. I, there was one where they got it where they like they won and everything was good. But they Jericho was like, well, for safety reasons, we still got to drop you. And they just dropped her anyway. And it was just like, no. <laughs> pretty good like it kind of just defeats the whole purpose of your game show like you didn't save the person anyway and like it's kind of it's one of those things like it, it's like a bad wrestling rule that kind of diminishes the kayfabe it it, <laughs> it really does and I, maybe that's why it's but you know what else i you like know, about I'm really it just was, having a hard time suspending my disbelief when it comes to downfall but what i like about the the panic button the only thing i like about it is like he can be in the middle of reading the question but the second that button gets slammed like he knows when to stop it like saying the answer or questions and then suddenly the entire set turns bright red and you hear like the big blaring sound like, (laughs) (laughs) yep. He's just like, Oh man, you hit the panic button. You had to do it. You had to do it. You had to do it, pal. You had to do it. And it's like, and he, and then that one moment where he actually like doesn't go from like Chris Jericho, the yeah, how's it going downfall to like, okay, well that was, that was intense. I understand that was close. The money was like a few feet away. I understand. Yeah, like Jericho just gets in close, like, yeah, man, you got this. You All got right, what's this. Your, what are you going to do next? What's your next move, pal? <laughs> and I like it where because you always see, like, the same shot of them looking at the TV monitor, and it's next to, like, a, a, a car, a television screen, yeah, and like a writing a, a roll for, on board. Like, a, like, like that, that one Ford Escape that was that one weird green color around that time. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, why is this? Oh, man, yeah. Oh, another thing that one of my favorite items that fell off the conveyor, popcorn maker. The, with popcorn inside, so it started with flying the out. Inside. Yep, you just had popcorn kernels flying everywhere. Great stuff. Great stuff. How many pigeons they must have killed? I don't... Maybe you just... Maybe I think what you should... All right. Now, I think we should go to the part of reboots, and should this show be rebooted? If so, how? Um, Real tough. <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say make it more insane. Like, make it off of a larger building and break more stuff and hire um a more ridiculous pro wrestler um let's just get like a uh dave I don't batista. Know, like, batista no you know i'm thinking just like put orange cassidy in there and just see what happens <laughs> it's just, he's not reading any questions exactly he's just like looking at the cue cards and just like looking back at the contestant and the contestant's like are you gonna ask me something and he's just Hmm. he's got his hands in his pockets <laughs> he starts like he just like winks and suddenly the commercial break hits <laughs> you're like what yeah. well, he stuff just, just starts falling stuff just starts falling off and he just shrugs his shoulders just mm. <laughs> yeah <happy>. all right <laughs> so would you reboot it uh i there's a lot of ways i do so it sounds like like if you wanted to go the whole like destroy prizes route uh i would say get rid of the conveyor belt, get rid of the uh, skyscraper. Instead, because it's all about timing-wise, right? Make it right. so it's kind of like a uh, ticking clock. So you like you have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can. And then like 
if you don't get it in 60 seconds, the popcorn machine blows up or this oh, thing blows so up. rigging stuff to explode. I like that better, yeah. Because then it explodes. Or uh, what about like a James Bond-style slow-moving buzzsaw or laser beam? Yeah, well, yeah, well, it, but it has to be on the prize. Like, it has to be a silly prize. Uh, you're not going to do any personal possessions. I hate that format point. I hate, pers- like, get the team, like, get your friend, neighbor on the... None of that. No, no. It should only be your loved ones, and they should be in actual physical danger. No, we're not doing 13 Fear is Real. (laughs) Well, not yet. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's like, but something like distraction-wise, like 60 seconds, if you don't, and then, like, there's the money, and it's like a giant piggy bank, and it blows up or something. Oh, that's great, too. Blowing up a piggy bank would be a very cool visual. Uh, The, uh, the... Or something where it looks like the big pile of money's on fire, like in the Dark Knight. Something like that. Uh, just Jokerify it, like the, the like you got a guy dressed like the Joker standing next to the money and just getting closer and closer with the lighter. That's what <laughs> if you happens. Don't get it, the Joker lights just... your money on fire. Maybe still hosting, so it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh man, sorry about that. Oh He's, no. No, I'll tell you what. Here's who. Here's who lights the money on fire. Chris Jericho in the Pain Maker makeup. Who <laughs> <laughs> lights the money on fire? Um, but no, I did write like myself, like if I were to reboot the show, um, no more pink lifelines, the people possessions on the belt sucks. We get rid of the skyscraper conveyor, like a conveyor belt should still be there, but it, you're like it in studio. So that way you don't have to like risk production issues of like, also you only have like true. five yeah, hours. Like, not, if you're, if you're being smart and thinking logistically now you're, you're on the right track. The, these are things that would help the show actually run smoother. So then you have like a six foot drop. And if you're going to go that route, then like if the money goes over, then you can like trap door them fall instead of like, uh, instead of just like a simple nature, like, Oh, what about, gotta put uh, on the and that way, because it's a trap door fall, they can wear whatever the hell they want. So they can express themselves and be their gimmick character. Uh, what instead about a of, giant dunk tank? Oh, you just could do a dunk, dunk tank. tank. That would be fine. So, like, just a dunk tank, and it's filled with a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, each round lasts 60 seconds. No passing goes faster. None of that. In uh, the 20-second mark and 40-second mark, there's a bonus prize. And the cash is always at the end of the 60. Uh, and we dropped the first round of 4 out of 10. It's now 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So it's 10, 25, 50, 100, 250 million. Um, the prizes are like safe it. no matter what. There's no more safety net, but the cash, however, is not. Uh, my alternate yeah. rules, uh, the player stays on for the entirety of the show, but now there's six rounds of gameplay, sale 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, um, but now it's for cash at the end, and if the money goes over, you're not going over, but you lost the cash. So it's like 10000 20000 30000 40000 50000 and 100000 because if you total that all together, that's a quarter of a million dollars. Which is fine yeah. for this kind of quiz show. You can't throw a million bucks at it. Um, because well, they, there's that, no more panic button. For this show, they didn't have even come close to throwing a million bucks at anybody. Uh, because there is no panic button in my version, we're still keeping the panic button concept, but now there's no more passes. If you see a question and you don't know it, you slam that panic button. That counts as a correct answer, and we move on. So if you get an incorrect answer, do we blow up an item or? No, it's just it's incorrect. Just keep going, keep going. Okay, okay. Um, the prices serve as bonuses as well. Uh, so right. that way, and this is where I'm also coming from, because logistically we're in studio now, so you can have more than five hours to work with. 
that also means that you can't you don't have to run out of contestants because you can book in an episode you have six that's, acts with six rounds that's also something that would make a lot more sense huh <laughs> these are things that Fremantle media and the, and the, the, the minds behind this show did not think about they were just like here's all this cocaine we got this parking garage I have an idea and well you, because it's at a six foot clearance, that means you can get the real prizes, right? Like you can get like a popcorn machine to just tip over, right? Just tip it over, yeah. I like but that. Um, like we're not talking like like a hundred foot. We're talking like enough that it's like you can clearly see it. It went over the edge and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, would it be fun to drop from six feet? Like a really big plate of spaghetti. Yeah, like no, that's what I want. Like things drop. like that. Like the like Olive Garden like, gift card for a thousand dollars, and there's like the little plate yeah. of spaghetti and dinette set. The giant basket of breadsticks. Yeah, <laughs> just. I like that. I like that. Um, Glassware. You can do a lot of glassware, I feel like would be fun. Oh, yeah. The prop glassware. And and because it's a six-foot clearance, it's also safety reasons. It's easier to clean up because it's in the studio. True. I'm thinking thinking logistically here. I'm thinking, like, you can still drop a damn car. You just have to be smart about it. So now, so so the other element of this, let's just say that you can't get Chris Jericho. He's too busy at AEW, so you have to get your different wrestler host. Who's your new wrestler host? Oh, Jesus. Um, so I can't get anyone from AEW roster, I'm guessing. You can take anyone you want besides Chris Jericho. All right, because I was about to say Moxley. Moxley is a really, really interesting, with or without the eye patch. Uh, well, you, you know that's a kayfabe eye patch. But, I mean, you could, you know, it's your show. You can just tell him to wear it. <laughs> If it's not that, then what I was really thinking is you have to get like uh, it, it would probably be someone who is like uh, clearly not doing much these days, but is like prominent. Oh, you know who would be really fun is Kylie Ray, smiling Kylie Ray, <laughs> smiley Kylie Ray, because she'd be like all super excited for the contestants, and something would get broken, and she would just be like, "Oh my God, no! Oh no!" and just get like genuinely sad. I like that. that would work or. Great. Uh, Probably even be funny would be uh, I, I I was just thinking like you got Punk now at Fox. Oh yeah, see I mean CM Punk's done uh, Ultimate Beastmaster. He, so he's used to hosting game shows. Yeah, yeah, he's been down, he's been down that road. Uh, he did some other game or no, he was a contestant in one of the challenges, right? He was the hosted yeah on the challenge pros versus whatever they with their gimmick champions yeah, yeah. versus pros or something. Oh, that's right. See, yeah, there's uh or I would like just get a big heel like an MJF or a Shayna Baszler and just rate all the <laughs> I would watch. See, I think MJF would be funny hosting this show oh, just because of how antagonistic he'd be. Yeah, you'd just be like, Yeah, looks like your next con- your next uh, uh prize is a popcorn maker. Pfft. I mean, uh, you obviously can't afford one, so I'm sure you'd love to win this. Well, there's almost thirty thousand on the belt if you can survive the sixty seconds, get seven right, but you know, I don't trust anyone who went to a community college to get these right. <laughs> yeah, you won 25000 That's about half as much as my AEW championship ring that's $50,000 cost. Now kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd be into that. <laughs> uh, or you know who would be really funny? Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> Ooh, I love this. Uh, that love would be the that. guy. <laughs> Well, you, you just know, won you fifty thousand dollars. Congratulations! You can now invest in the capitalist hellscape that we all live in. <laughs> you won five hundred thousand dollars. You better give it to an animal shelter. I'll put you in an armbar. <laughs> oh, Zach Saber Jr. Nice guy. Met him at uh, Wrestle. 
he's such a sweet person. <laughs> Very much is, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, so. That's where I'm coming from. Like you, you can book in this to a quarter million, and then it just as the rounds escalate, becomes more tough. The pricing can get more lavish. The questions get more challenging. You only have to write six rounds of questions now because you don't have to panic button out of a round true then you can that means you can have more answers for those so you can do kind of incorrect answers instead of like the passing rotating system yeah and also because it's incorrect and they're just going to keep going like uh this uh this and they're seeing stuff pass again pass again you can't pass you can't pass that's what they were doing on this show. It's like solving that problem definitely makes a lot of sense because like the people would get caught up in those loops at the last few questions, just just passing the same questions over and over. And getting that anxiety of stuff falls over. But if they just like panic and then they're like, I don't know what wonk. (laughs) Yep. That's when you can get like your host to go like, it was this keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, it becomes more, I think that makes more faster format a more interesting format. It could still do the whole downfall because all of the mechanisms is still there. You just drop the whole conveyor belt, hundred foot drop, and you yep. can give Book room. It. And this is where I'm also thinking to add more personalized kind of prizes. You're not going to go personal possessions here, but if you know someone out there really wants like tickets to a sporting event, then you can drop like a whole bunch of basketballs or baseballs or, or just football. drop their. Let's drop their favorite athletes. <laughs> and if they fall they're only falling like six feet so they're going to land exactly. the crash padding they'll be fine you can see really how good your favorite sports stars are <laughs> there's a game within a game for you <laughs> have, do they know things let's find out yeah it's like uh it's like that teammates game show where like the oh, the athletes geez. are trying to help too the team at New Light Games, but with with sports teams. Oh, yeah, I remember you, you and uh, you and my co-host Shake and Bakey touched on that when uh, he was talking to Newly Light, and he didn't even know about it. Which was yeah, I was like, I couldn't believe that because he's a he's a big sports guy. I I, I we barely touch on sports shows, sports game shows, and there's so many sports geniuses. Some, Ultimate I, Fan League, Two Minute Drill, Stump the Schwab, one Stump of my the Schwab. Favorites. Pros versus Joes. Oh, yeah. ESPN Trivial Pursuit with Roger Lodge. Sports There's Jeopardy with Dan Patrick. Sports Oh, I forgot about Sports Jeopardy with Dan Patrick. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, and you know, sports trivia has also had just a very firm place in other game shows, too. Even this one. This one, too. But this was kind of like, I'm going to name a, a stadium. You tell me what team plays there. Yes, which one of the guys got um, the Detroit Tigers one at Comerica Park wrong, and I was just yelling at my screen, like, come on, dude! <laughs> I'm from there! I know this! All of that, sorry. Pass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how I would go about this. Sounds about right. I like it. I like it all. Uh, but I would still, if, if I had been my first pick, still Jericho. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to pick anybody else. He's really just got he's perfectly equipped to do this job. Otherwise, I'd give him like a some sort of like rough kind of. I don't want because you don't. I do not think Chris Jericho should be playing into the pro wrestling angle anymore. Like, oh, wrestling's tough, so he should be doing like tough enough again, or or uh, some sort of like wilderness challenge. No, like that doesn't sound like Chris Jericho. Jericho's like gimmick, persona, and everything is kind of like showman music yeah. athlete 
Uh, That's why I think he works for this kind of stuff so well, like just the entertainment spectacle. And like this show was like the idea of it was supposed to be like a big spectacle based game show. It just didn't really have the budget or the vision for it. Uh, And that's what happens. So as you know, what happens on the show, because we're near the end. Already? I mean, like, what else is there to talk about with this uh, show? Yeah, I mean, we've we've really I think we've we've uh, squeezed that uh, that one for all it's worth. But luckily, we'll still be talking about wrestling probably for another like 20 minutes. But before we get going here, we have a lightning round. Oh, yeah. Five questions. For each question you get right, it's one free plug. That means five free plugs are available. I got to come up with some projects to plug. Hold on a second. Let me me, me come up with a couple of new projects. If you don't, I can always like suggest. (laughs) It's all good. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready? ready. Then let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Name something you'd like to see fall off a skyscraper. Ooh, a, a big giant bowl of spaghetti. NXT or AEW Dynamite? AEW Dynamite. Favorite wrestler from New Japan Pro Wrestling? Ooh. Time's ticking. Oh, uh, Okada. Yeah, Okada. Kazuchika Okada. Finish the lyric. I'm become, I'm become, I'm becoming. I'm become, I'm become, I'm becoming. Judas in, Judas in my mind. Favorite wrestling tag team? Uh, ooh, duh. Well, this one's really hard. I like tag teams a lot. Um, mm, shit. <laughs> time is ticking. You have to. I know, I know. Um, Right now, the Space Pirates. All right, time. You did it! Hell yeah! That, that one really caught me. I love tag team wrestling, and just like, like it's they all came rushing to me like really quickly. It's a it's really a challenging because like, like I keep I always like whenever I know someone I'm coming in with like a wrestling background, I always ask that question because sometimes that is the one that stumps them. I you know what? Because like for and especially like because one you don't expect people to hit you with a tag team question, and I love that. And um, you know, you start thinking of like you know wrestling pedantry brain like well, you mean my favorite of all time or like my favorite now or like who I think is the best or just who I like the most or just like all those things. Like, our stables like tag teams are su- yeah, like all the different like subcategories that like come up with you. Like, so like, yeah, I would say like right now, this very second, I'd probably say it's the space pirates. Um, but like, if you were to like go all time and like the lexicon of all tag teams, I don't know, like the original heart foundations up there for me, uh, the rock and roll express LAX. Um, ah, there's a lot. It's 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 still complicated. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, like especially with AEW, because it's like okay, you can say the Young Bucks, but you can also say Pry and Powerful. You could also I mean, say Lucha. I'm uh, gonna say the Lucha Brothers way before I'm gonna say the Young Bucks. The Lucha Brothers. I'm a big Lucha Bros guy. You can also uh, say SCU. You know, it's SCU. technically a stable. And you know what AEW has been doing with tag team wrestling uh, since we're on the subject. Great stuff. They've shown that it can be part of like the top of your story and like uh, the main events in your shows without being like a gimmick or like a weird special attraction. Just like it fits in. Uh, you know what my favorite is Jurassic Express. Oh, they're great. I love that. Uh, oh, I think no, no, no. Wait, 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 no, wait. That's an AEW though. Ooh. Yes, they are an AEW. Ah. Uh... Because then you have, because like, then you gotta remember, like, then there's like new Japan teams, and then you have like, 
the the new tag team of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. <laughs> the Hangman Page Kenny Omega thing is very fun too. That works. I just like the fact of you're just like, here's Hangman's new gimmick: cowboy who drinks. You know what? It works. They finally found something that that absolutely works for the guy. It, and then your sign's like, Hangman, I'll drink a beer with you. <laughs> I I for one am happy for him and. I absolutely would drink a beer and do cowboy shit with Adam Page. Let's do some cowboy shit. Hangman, come do cowboy shit with us. <laughs> Hangman, come on the podcast. Let's talk Hangman, about... Uh, there's a few Wild West themed game shows. What game, game show would you want to talk ha- with Hangman Page? Is there like an uh, okay, equestrian well, game show? There's been a few Wild West game shows out there. Uh, so... Uh, for instance, Wild West Showdown, which was a 1994 game show that was supposed to be like American Gladiators. Oh, uh, you can always do something that was like uh, the the big showdown, which isn't cowboy theme, but shout showdown, and the, its theme song kind of has a western mechanic to it. Uh, oh, okay, I would say something on the edge of like uh, because he is Adam Page. There's a, there's a whole lot of animal themed uh, game shows out there too. Yeah. Uh, oh, you could do. Uh, what are the animal ones? All right, so you you have I guess everything. Of the Hidden Temple. So you have everything from like uh, uh, there. There is like groomer has it, which was like dog grooming. Oh boy! Yeah, no, I actually I do remember that one because I dated a dog groomer. You have uh, you had the the uh, a GSN game show based on horse racing. Oh, and see, the that's the one I would horse, pick. and it was all it was bizarre. If I were, yeah, I would say the one to do would be um, like an equestrian game show, something with horses. Uh, I'm gonna, tr- I'm definitely gonna be looking. By the time I get in, like it's gonna be like someone's gonna scream me. You forgot about. <laughs> oh man! So did I, so did I win the grand prize? Did I get all my? You plugs? did. You got all five. Wow! Wow! I think I got five plugs. I think I can do it. All right. Let's see I if think you can I have do it. Them. Let's see all if right. you got it. So let's let's start with uh, number one. Uh, I am a, a a streamer on Twitch. You can uh, follow me at twitch.tv slash thickflare, all C's, no K's. Um, we do stuff there. Um, also, we have a, a little podcast I host with a former guest of this very show, Shake and Bakey, uh, called Burn After Noticing. It's a burn notice podcast that's sort of about burn notice. Uh, Jordan was a recent guest, so you'll be able to hear him very soon. When uh, you're you a spy... <laughs> Every you know, being game a spy is a, spy is a lot game. like being a game show host uh, <laughs> you never know who's sitting across for you or what the answers are going to be there's always <laughs> it's... wait till you find out the secret code in Murph Griffin's crosswords oh, man, I love it's called history. stenography I'm going to derail this by talking about wanting Bruce Campbell to host a game show so we're just going to save that for no, uh, Bruce Campbell so... host a game show yeah please do um so we got we got that we got the uh, the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV. That's where we tweet stuff. Um, you can uh, find me. Uh, well, I guess that's not going to work tonight, but you can find me uh, streaming on some other streams as well. So I guess just like follow me on social media or my Discord for that. And for the fifth plug, uh, donate to Bernie Sanders. So you 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 don't want to just go to horsewhisper.com or Yes, I mean don't do it whatever what method you choose, but if you want to pick one, horsewhisper.com or drjasonjohnson.us or uh, quibi.support. 
Um, there's a few other good ones out there you can do. But however you need to do to get your money to uh, one Bernard Sanders, do that. You know, you know what I recommend? $27. $27 or more. Hey, if you want to give him more, he's not going to say no. He's not, the average is 27 but averages are average. It could be more. It could yeah. be less. I, I do the symbolic 27 just because it's, you know, it's a one click of a button. And like I try to keep my donations small so I can just like do them every time I get mad. You know what I like to do? And don't tell anyone this because because you you can't see like you go to the Bernie thing you can do the registry you can't see my name on there I I know people are gonna be like Jordan you hack you don't donate you're not committed enough but let me tell you the best way to donate is to just hand over at a campaign headquarters just like a twenty dollar bill and just be like I'm done <laughs> I did my job hey if you are near enough a campaign to give cash that's great um if you are listening to podcasts and watching Twitch streams all day and don't leave your house still donate online. Could donate online. One time, uh, someone said, uh, someone sent me those those, those, uh, those little canvas tweets, like, "Hey, we're going to be in the area. Are you willing to be here?" I was sick at the day, and I'm like, "I can't be here." But uh, can one of you just, like stop by? And I just and they did. It was fun. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, like, nice. like, like, see, I'm going to be. I hate to keep going like into a derail about politics. It's not a oh, le- unless we say this is a leftist game show podcast, like everyone else would do. Well, it's a podcast, so the leftism is implied. Um, uh, basically, no one who needs hospital bills should be on a game show to embarrass themselves. I think that should just be something that should be available to everyone. Healthcare, Me- college debt, Medicare for all, not means, a thing. Uh, game show contestants don't have to degrade themselves to get the uh, care they need. No one should have that. But it was like someone just showed up, like for fi- like just like took the money and like just said hey thank you it was like just like someone who was like a college student like down the street coming up it's an all-new game show on fox news who wants to be not dead that's right if you win you can get health care i won recently my mom had a stroke and had to go to the hospital and insurance couldn't pay for any of this, so we have wow, a Wow, sounds pay- like you need to get a job. Oh, we need $78,000, <laughs> though, or else she will not live till Christmas. Oh, it sounds like we have another lazy millennial. <laughs> entitled. <laughs> sounds oh, like you're entitled, entitled round. to eat shit. <laughs> that's that (laughs) it's called the game the game show is called compassion the compassion by greg gutfeld (laughs) (laughs) compassion with oh man i i I think that's all we got for these people huh that's all we got but uh don't ignore your sanders go check out burn after nosing check out thick flair paul thanks again for stopping by it was a pleasure jordan i had a great time I've become, I've become, I've become it. Drink it in, baby! Thanks again to Paul for stopping by. You can check out Burn After Noticing, where all defined podcasts are available. But now, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks are delicious steaks delivered to your door. Podcast listeners can get a discount on Omaha Steaks by using promo code at checkout. Also, here are some other things I learned about Downfall through the TV Tropes website. Because there's not a lot of facts here. Uh, so, apparently, uh, the, the crash test dummy's name is Clarence. 
There was a catchphrase of start, stop the belt, and you're going down. There is safety nets in the levels, but the prizes from previous rounds are also lost if the contestant loses the game if the money goes off the cliff, which is something I forgot to bring up in the episode. Uh, It also seems to be that they had more episodes that were going to be filmed in the fall, but it never happened. The show got canned and said cans got sent over the same rooftop. It got replaced later that summer by 101 Ways to Leave a Game Show, hosted by Pickboy himself, Jeff Suffin. Uh, the, it's, it's such a weird show. I remember, however, though, if you pay close attention that the downfall money has Chris Jericho's face on it, which I thought was always a novelty as well. When you consider like, you know, young bucks money, it it also adds somewhat to it. Uh, and the personal sacrifices I think are kind of dumb still. I hate, I hate that, that stuff downfall there's something novel to it but it something needs to be fixed if they wanted this to work and unfortunately i think it just was rushed and i think someone just really wanted a game show called downfall and that's what happened uh so now it's time for the 110 part series exploring every pricing game from the price is right this is pricing game spotlight Cover up. Premiere date, September 13th, 1993, 8881D. Finale date, Bob Barker, June 12th, 2007, 4032K. Premiere date, Drew Carey, October 17th, 2007, 4043K. Or November 13th, 2007. Oh, man, I love cover up. One of my favorite games. Cover up is called that because the contestant has to cover up wrong numbers or as of June 4th, 2013, something nonsensical, often of a common theme with right numbers to win a car. Gameplay. A game board is presented with five spaces at the bottom. Digits are provided above each space. Two in the first, three in the second, and then uh, four in the third, five in the fifth, and six in the fifth position. A contestant must choose a digit and then cover up each space. Once all digits have been covered, the host asks if the price given is correct. If it isn't... Uh, it's signified by the buzzer, and any digits that were correct are lit up, and the contestant gets a second chance, or even a third, or fourth, or a fifth, to try and cover up with the remaining digits, uh, with the goal of trying to get at least one right in each round. This sequence often repeats as necessary. The game ends when the contestant either wins by having an entire price correct get correctly, or loses by having no correct answers in a round of guessing. Oftentimes, it's guaranteed to be the last round. Uh, Drew will press a button to reveal the correct price to be a little bit more dramatic. Bob only asks if the price is right before pressing a button. It's possible to have a situation where a win is guaranteed if the contestant gets the fifth and fourth numbers before the second and third. Drew Carey has the contestants play the game out in this situation. You know, where there's only like a two left. Oh, play it. History. Cover up premiere September 13th, 1993, 881D. When it debuted, the lights around the bottom row were red. The lights were changed to blue when the game started playing. September 30th, 1983, to make them more visible for the folks at home and studio audience on the premiere playing. First try, four of the five numbers were right and the fourth number being wrong. Contestant James thought the fourth number was a one, when it really is seven. Correct price for a Ford Aerostar was 16379 
Due to a CBS News special report that aired most of the day, the vast majority of people didn't see this game's debut, which was also on the Season 22 premiere. The only people who did see the game were very select CBS affiliates in the Eastern Time Zone, which aired at 10 a.m. instead of the usual 11 a.m., such as WIVB-TV, the CBS affiliate in Buffalo, New York. This episode was left in enigma until it was posted as a studio master recording from Jonathan Spencer on YouTube by David Downs. Oh, rest in peace, David. On September 17, 2018, the game received its first win on its second playing, September 22, 1993, uh, 8893D, which was the first to be seen in most of the nation. On January 11, 1995, a contestant named Claire became the first of four contestants to lose cover-up by getting all five numbers wrong on their first try. The other three occurred November 27th, uh, December 20th, and December 17th, 2019. Well, that was recent. That was even during we started the spotlight. Uh, hopefully, by the time this comes out, like there's a fourth one. Uh, on September 27th, 1999, the show held the distinction of having the first handicapped contestant in history, Paul Rossman, chance to manage to cover up the wrong numbers for him, and won a Chevrolet Prism on the first try worth 13475 One of three contestants who accomplished this feature, the other two occurred with Susan on October 23rd, 2006, and with Anna, June 12th, 2007, final playing with Bob Barger. Cover-up was won twice out of the five times it was played on primetime versions of the show. On the April 30th, 2008 version, the Million Dollar Spectacular was chosen as the Million Dollar Game. To win a bonus of $1 million, a contestant had to correctly set the price of their car in the first attempt. Originally, contestants began the game by covering up a fake price. Starting with June 4th, 2013, 6382K, contestants cover up symbols that change with each playing. Episode 6411K, which is intended to air June 24, 2013, featured an actual wrong price. It was taped out of order and aired April 17, 2013, well before the change was made. May 8, 2015, Losing Horns Were Not Played. September 9, 2015, aired out of order. In keeping with a back-to-school theme, in addition to a car, $500 worth of school supplies were offered. It was offered to every teacher who made their web stage. On February 17, 2016, during Dream Car Week, a Porsche Panorama edition worth $84,731 was offered, but was not won. March 24, 2017, Air Vador, College Rival. Fuck, I hate these fucking College Rival. Uh, $20,843, played with Kate from UCLA, but lost, so Dementia from USC, $1,000. I hate those. Don't do those anymore, please. Um... June 20th, 2017, during summer beach party specials, cover-up was renamed Beach Cover-Up. Most of our times, this game was played in any season was 34, and then that weird note with uh, the cover-up of one of some games, play of order, uh, four old pricing games, love tape, it's it, whatever. Strategy. A possible strategy to is to intentionally choose an incorrect digit for the first or second positions in the price, as they're usually the easiest to guess, as it allows the player to guess the numbers correctly in a later round and ensure that the game continues to at least a third round of guessing if necessary. That's kind of a, a, a strong plane. Uh, and then there's some photos of different versions of it. I think if they were going to do the uh, cover-up now, they should just do that. The, the asterisk. They should do the floral. They should just like cover up with the floral. If they were going to go like a can because that was a big pet peeve of Drew Carey was, was like, I don't know why there's numbers here. They're not the real price. So I'm making it the, uh, the, at like the little florals, the Goodson Todman 
little floral design that you normally see on the prices right i think it'll look a little better that's the only little design i would choice i would make for cover-up i like it it's a nice little clever game very cute lots of strategy when i always played it whenever like i see like it played on like a, a pc cd-rom game or the big john version what i like to do is just uh my strategy is just, just go straight down the bottom row and then go straight down the second row and then the third then the fourth and then the like just keep going that way because uh, as you go column by column it gets higher and higher but if you just like make the clean sweep and you just go this is my guess i mean you might get one right and then you could just clean sweep it again that's how I would have played the game, because uh, then you might luck out, or you might not when it gets to the final, like the hundreds and, or the ones place. Next time on Pricing Game Spotlight, oh no, somebody alert Joaquin Phoenix, because we're talking the Joker, baby! I couldn't figure out a proper theme song for this segment. Hi, hi everybody. If you're listening to this, uh, it's March 1st, 2020, or around that. But my birthday is March 1st, 2020, and um, it's the annual birthday tradition here to basically ask the important question, what is my favorite game show? I figure... Perfect time to always ask this question is always the, what's your favorite game show, Jordan? Uh, to which I always say, deal or no deal. But I figure, because it's the annual tradition, on March 1st, to make the top five list now, I gotta change it up a bit. Now, if I went all time, deal would still probably remain. But I figure, to change the rules up now, it has to be a show that has been broadcasted at least once in 2019. Now, technically, I could still say deal or no deal because they did air an episode in 2019. In fact, they aired it in the summer against Press Your Luck, but the show got canceled. So because it got canceled, I got to assume no more episodes of that show is going to exist. And that makes me very frowny faced. So uh, heartbroken, I decided to... Uh, continue this tradition of the big game show top five list what's my favorite game show and talk about it here because i mean usually when we go about these game show lists it's always me breaking it down doing this and i never really feel like i get to know people i don't feel like people really get to know me that much even though i'm like a venting angry guy sometimes when it comes to these game shows I, I love game shows. I think, obviously, if I didn't like game shows, I would not do this podcast. A lot of game shows flop in my mind because they either didn't get playtested well enough or they were done on the quick to try and get a quick cash grab to promote someone's book or movie coming up. And it was all packaging deals. And I, just, I hate when game shows end up that way because I feel 
like if a game show is done correctly, they could withstand the test of time. Even if a show ends, there could be a home game version or play along versions until a revival shows up. And that's where I put my head at when it comes to these shows. And when I did the top five list, I did a whole video on patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. And it really made it tough. Um, I'm going to say hi. I'm 31 now. This is Jordan at 31. Yeah, I'm not really young anymore. I feel, I feel like dying every other day at this point. This is this is my this is my life now. I do a game show podcast every week. You know, uh, if if you asked me what I'd be doing at thirty one, maybe fifteen years ago, I would assume successful at something like a writer, an actor, a host. Uh, instead, I'm talking to a microphone about game shows to an audience that I do not know even pays attention. Well, the depression part's out of the way. Let's get through the top five list. So, uh, it was a tough list. I had a nervous breakdown because a lot, a lot of good game shows have come out. I mean, Press Your Luck returned, and I love those prizes. We saw Card Sharks return, and I love that game show. A lot of game shows that I've talked about on this very podcast have either returned or made an announcement of returning. And... Funny enough, uh, the whole revivals and doing a lot of game show podcasting made it really tough. Everything from Mastermind and Tipping Point to uh, something I haven't even brought up, like Countdown, has all been going through my mind when it coming up with this list. It became real challenging. So apologies if this is a very long uh, segment, but I figure it is my birthday. I figure I should have some moment of celebration, some hurrah even if i'm pretty sure only like four people are going to wish me a happy birthday it happens uh so here we go uh number five is only connect when i first saw only connect i thought i'm too stupid for only connect when i continue watching the show it has become one of my favorite game shows because of the challenge because of the riddle because of the highbrow and lowbrow and Victoria Corden Mitchell's hosting ability because she has this ability to make it not seem so serious but also seem very chummy and happy when she does it. I enjoy whenever Only Connect is on because I get to play along even if it's just me by myself. When it was my Christmas uh, this year, I got the Only Connect quiz book and I was just stuck reading that book for, for a good couple of hours. And trying to play along, as even though the answers were really right there on the screen. And I had a very great time. And I love thinking of puzzles that would be on Only Connect. And thinking like, oh, you know, like if you just said four random things that would seem random, uh, it'd be confusing. But if I said like, uh, the, the monster, and then I would say... Uh, Gee, I forgot what was Wayne Brady's. And just come up with like, if I come up with different animals and creatures and you'd be confused, but it turns out the solution is all like winners of uh, the mask singer America, it would make a lot more sense. And I love that. To me, that's the kind of puzzles I enjoy. It's that mix of highbrow and lowbrow and very, uh, it's very cryptic in a way that I find fascinating in a way that I don't see with any other game show. 
and that's why I really love Only Connect. Uh, number four on this list, Supermarket Sweep. I brought it back. Supermarket Sweep, I'm putting it on my list. Uh, yes, Leslie Jones's version is not available yet. I do not know what's it going to be, but... Uh, I saw Rylan Clark Neal's Supermarket Sweep, and the more I've seen it, even though I don't care much about Love Island characters, I've grown to really love that version of Supermarket Sweep. That it was one of the rare game shows I recall, at least last year, and maybe even this year, where I have seen every episode and enjoyed it. There are some episodes where I go, eh, it was an okay episode, but this was one of those fun where even though it always is a sweep i never got tired of seeing people run through a fake supermarket presented by tesco grabbing oversized inflatables that i found it thoroughly enjoyable and seeing a 90s creation be brought back in the modern day was fascinating and something that i didn't feel like is a nostalgic thing but now seeing it revived you know, it doesn't have to be nostalgic anymore. You can actually just bring it back and have it be exciting. And that, to me, is, is something enjoyable. The questions are still there. The pop culture is still there. The The time is still there. And even though you might have all the time in the world, you could still be a lousy shopper and waste precious time. And I love that a lot. And I think the, uh, the min, not the mini sweep, it was the uh the bonus and not bonus sweep, bonus sweep is the bonus round the uh the the speed round a little like sweep where they have like 30 seconds to fill a shopping list i like that little mini round because it's so like crazy to see people in little baskets try and fill things in their cart i like that in the show and i can't wait to see what they do with abc's version number three is probably the one that everyone probably will figure is a number one uh, but it's not. It's the price is right. I mean, it was tough to figure out one of these uh, daytime shows. You know, you think press your luck. You think let's make a deal. And ultimately, even though it was so tough, I came up with the price is right as my answer. Because even though I love all of these game shows, and believe me, I like let's make a deal, and I love uh, press your luck. I think Price is Right being at number three is fitting because it is the all-American game show. It is the game show where everyone in that audience roots for each other. They don't care who you are, what's your background. They are rooting for you to win something. Even Drew Carey wants you to win the car and the, or the trip. No one is really like going boo unless you either don't spin the wheel <laughs> completely won or you're one of those people that as a root of evil does that one dollar over someone's bid so if they go 500 you go 501 i know that because i hear the booths right when that happens and with a variety of pricing games and if it wasn't for that variety of pricing games there would not be a pricing game spotlight i i have to support a price is right it doesn't matter what episode you go to it's always a feel-good experience and just something about that, no matter if you're watching it on CBS All Access, which you can, by the way, people forget that uh, even though game shows like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are impossible to watch, you can watch any episode of Let's Make a Deal and the Price is Right of this season if you have a, subscri a subscription to CBS All Access. The same 
place it gets you Picard in Survivor. You can watch the prices right and let's make a deal. You can I will I am I guess it shows you who I am. I'm that person that has my headphones in, watches it on my phone. Because I don't want to miss an episode. And watching it is a feel-good experience to me. Even though it's an hour long. And yeah, sometimes there are overbids. And sometimes there's weird gimmicks I just can't get into. The cars, the prizes, the innovation of what prizes people want is there. In a way that surprises me week after week. So to me, I love the prices right for that very reason. Yes, Plinko, woo, but there's also so many other pricing games. Pay the rent, uh, buy and sell, as we've talked about uh, last week, and so many others. I I, I love the, the diversity of, of not only the contestants, but the pricing games, and it's just a feel-good show. To me, that's a feel-good show, that if I'm ever in a real sad slump, and Trust me, the last few weeks have just been sad slumps. That Price is Right show really did uh, cheer me up. Number two on this list is the Schlagden series. Now, I never really thought to put this series anywhere in my top five. I was thinking everything from Mastermind. I was thinking first and last, that game show that just came out this year. But revisiting it for the uh, Game Shows I Suppose podcast. The Schlagden series, not just Schlagden Raw, but, you know, Schlagden Star, uh, Schlagden Hensler, uh, Schlagden Beston, is weird Germanic series where I do not speak a word of German or the Dutch, uh, is a fascinating format to me. To me, it is the quintessential, like when I say a game show is quintessential, I say Crystal Maze is that world building, is that fantasy building. It To me, this is the, the actual endurance challenge of a game show. This is a game show uh, marathon, you could say, uh, because it's one sport, then it's a quiz game, then it's a skill game, then it's another quiz game, and then it's some weird like obstacle course challenge. Then there is like forklifts or like bike races and then there's another sport then there's another quiz game then there's another skill then there's another quiz game that it at like almost every 20 minutes there is no two different uh things it reminds me of espn the ocho you know when espn does the ocho and it's all those like weird like sports like electrician games and uh, hacky sack and you're like i don't know why this is a sport but i'm watching it because it's silly that's that kind of feeling i have watching this in a way that's fascinating even if i don't understand a word of it it's this game show that takes like five six hours of television time and it's just about one contestant versus another contestant, could be a celebrity, in a series of events. And rather, it's an actual sport like tennis, a skill game, billiards, darts, uh, a, a motorcycle uh, a challenge, a challenge with forklifts, a challenge where you have to saw a fruit in half with a knife, cut it up in half, and make sure it is uh even by weight things like that are so kooky and weird but fascinating in their own ways 
that I get engaged easily watching this. And then there's a quiz format, such as a what am I? What's the song? What movie is this quote from? Who is this? Uh, that there is so much different uh, challenges to the show that it's, to me, and I, it's a game show of a game show. It is at one moment a game show, then another a sports event, then another time a weird skill game, and you're like, why is this here? Then another game show. And that series where it's like almost every 20 minutes there's something else makes me just fascinated by this. There's rarely a break. And there is it's because it's live puts it in a position where I can't compare it to any other game show. I love, by the way, one of the things I enjoy the most about old game shows and a lot of other game shows is it was mostly live. So there was rarely a, like if you screwed up, you just kept going with it. If there was a mistake, they ran with it, they ad-libbed and continued. When it comes to a modern game show, it would be truncated. It would be five minutes long. There would be a a little confessional of this challenge was too tough. Well, I'm going to take you to, and just all of these like forced lines by a, by a line producer or, or maybe like a writer just makes it just would make it gross. But the fact it's live, the fact that you're seeing 45 minutes of people frustrated because they can't get a ball into a hole makes it exciting to me. Something as simple as bowling is engaging game show television in the world of the Schlagden series. And that is what I am most fascinated by when it comes to this game show. I didn't really think to put in the top five, but it is a nice pick-a-mix format that I feel is that nice blend of sports broadcast Uh, a game show, and then just a night out with your friends throwing darts. And that's what I love about it. It's that kind of contest only on a million-dollar scale. You know, it might not be a million dollars. It might just be like 100,000 euro. But I still enjoy it. And I do recommend people watch it, even if it's just a clip, even though you might feel bored watching 20 minutes of the same thing. Because when you see people like suck at the beginning and then improve near like the end, it becomes an even crazier sports event. And it's something that I know a lot of people in the challenge world always want to do. Something that's easy to understand but difficult to master. The Bushnell effect. Uh, And now, finally, the number one game show. Uh, This is the toughest in my mind of what is my favorite game show because look it's every game show and when i look at what can i think of i had to come with the conclusion of it's jeopardy jeopardy is my favorite game show yes alex trebek we can continue talking about alex trebek but i'm gonna try and put alex trebek out of the equation as much as i can so people don't think it's like some sort of pity vote or something about Trebek because he has pancreatic cancer. Because no, Trebek has been a master presenter of Jeopardy for more than 30 years at this point. And it is just this 
tone and it's this I would say it is a mix of a lot of different game shows in one as well and I love when format points blend Jeopardy is technically somewhat luck based when it comes to category selection not only is it somewhat luck based it's mostly question based if you know the answers ring in give the correct response you're right you get the money you're wrong you lose the money and then we continue going and it's fast paced the show never drags with any of its questions or answers and you just have a fast paced game show the only time the show stops in that pace is when it's a commercial break which fair enough but also when it's one of the three uh, major plot points which is the daily doubles if you had a daily double that's when there's finally a huge risk and reward you can bet conservatively and just bet very little and just hope for the best or if you're there to play if you're there to really be a gambler you can go all in and answer a question and it becomes a double or nothing question in a way that actually adds some stakes to the game show you could be in first place by forty thousand dollars you could be so far ahead and there's only like three clues left going into uh final jeopardy and you hit that daily double that is a moment in the spotlight you can just have this personal clue go all in get it right and guarantee yourself the win you can go somewhat just to see what the question is you can go a little bit or you can just kind of like be a chick and go like a thousand dollars and that's it but whatever your choice is up to you what i admire is when someone goes all in when someone does that big brave bet and they either pull it off or they fail because at least you took that risk and then, of course, there is the final Jeopardy. Now, it kind of sometimes has that uh, lock-in, like if someone in second place can't even double their score to get player one's, uh, the first position's uh, score. Yeah, it, it becomes, like, boring. But then it just sort of becomes an all-eyes-on-player-one bet. Like, you know, player one's going to win, most likely. Will they just coward and go like a hundred bucks or are they going to take the risk? Most likely they won't because they want to be back the next episode, but let's just say they're brave enough to do it. Sometimes that happens. And that's what makes Jeopardy stand out is that every contestant has a different format style. Everyone has a different play style and every, what I love also about the show is, even if you are a person like me who has failed the Jeopardy test so many times, even though there is that Jeopardy test that's now available anytime, I know I'm going to fail that damn Jeopardy test. Um, it's this fact that, that it's like a, it's the closest, I, like I said, Jeopardy is a sports ambassador. It's the game show ambassador. You could be loving game shows and be a sports guy. You could be a music expert. You could never really watch a game show in your life, but watch movies. You could be a bookworm, but you know what Jeopardy is. You know what that quiz show is about. You know it's about questions and answers, and you know it's about stakes. And that's what I love about it. Even if you're not a game show nerd like me, it is the game show... I can relate to you with. I can talk to you with. I don't feel like an idiot. I don't feel like a nerd talking to you about Jeopardy because almost everyone has seen the game of Jeopardy and they might all say the same thing. I don't know anything about some of these things. These people are too smart. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's relatable. But then 
I know people who are contestants on Jeopardy, who has won Jeopardy, who have become Jeopardy champions. And they know what it's like to hit that signaling device and, and win the game. And they are just sort of normal people, by the way. They sort of know a little bit of everything, but they're just normal people in a way that makes it the American game show. There's a bit of luck, yes, but it also requires knowledge. It requires an understanding of world geography and world history and cultural studies. It requires understanding modern pop culture, understanding music and sports. And what I love about it is on any given episode, there's 12 categories in in a regular game of Jeopardy and a 13th if you include the final Jeopardy. At least one of those 13, you should. You, the listener, you, the audience, should have something that you might go, I might know something about that. And when that category gets called on, you will play it. I don't know what that effect is. I'm not going to call it the J effect because I think they already trademarked that. But that, that reaction that I must play this, I must answer these questions no one's forcing you to play along, but you see in the blue square with the white thing, the clue, and you're like, that's Denmark, that's uh, that's Katy Perry, that's Ryan Seacrest, uh, that is Shadow. Uh, and you're just like, what? <laughs> how, how did you know? That is what I love about Jeopardy. And that is something that I also enjoy is they don't really mess with the format that much. Yes, they had Grace of All Time Tournament. Yes, there was that teen tournament. Yes, there's like a teacher's tournament. Yeah, there's all these attempts to do different format points. But the game has never really changed. Three contestants, six categories, five clues, just the values. Video daily doubles, audio daily doubles, clue crew, doesn't matter. It's still the same format. They haven't really changed it that much in the history of that game show, and it's still a popular format. It's still America's number one quiz show. It's still seen as not just a quiz show, it is seen as a piece of Americana because it's that confidence game added to a skill game. It is that if you hit that daily double, how much do you really know about 1980s music? that makes it exciting to watch. Now, where it's going to go in the future, I do not know. But for the time being, 2020, where I am now, that is the game show where, if it's on, I'm going to be watching it. Is it the one I've watched every episode on? No. Have I missed a few episodes the last couple of months? Yes. But I'm still going to say Jeopardy is my favorite game show. I don't feel like that is a wrong statement to say. I think the way it uh, promotes intelligence is smart. We are all experts in one field or another. It doesn't have to be game shows. It could be something else. It could be the history of colleges and universities. It could be the works of Shakespeare. It could be uh, 1950s Hollywood. It doesn't matter. We are all experts in one form or another, and Jeopardy is that quintessential game show that says, it's okay, it's all right. And that's what I love most about the show. 
and uh, that's why it's my favorite game show right now. Uh, I can't imagine Jeopardy, if it was originally pitched the way it is now, to be a game show in modern society. I can't imagine if the, the show ended in the 90s, what the show would be like in the 2020s. I would only assume it'd be an hour-long game show hosted by like uh, Chris Pratt or Chris Evans. And it would be like one Jeopardy round, 1000 to $5,000. Here are your six categories, dramatic lighting. And then like, all right, you're picking state capitals for $3,000. You know, uh, in the last two questions, you have gotten them both right. If you get this third one right, that would be impressive. Will you get it right? We'll find out when we come back. You're watching Jeopardy. Because that's all I can imagine if they actually attempted Jeopardy in the modern day. It's just how stretched out it would be as an hour-long game show. Whereas where it is now, with this fast pace, 60 questions, uh, and this set that hasn't really also changed that much. I mean, design-wise, yeah, but I mean the clue board, for instance, has been just a thrill, and it's that technology that also makes me excited about Jeopardy. That um, that's all I have to say is Jeopardy is my favorite game show, and I want to thank everyone who's ever asked what's my favorite game show. Will it change next year? Who knows? Is it Deal or No Deal still my favorite of all time? Yeah, but if you're asking me, like right off the street right now, I'm gonna say Jeopardy. So happy birthday to me. I am 31. I'm probably going to um, go eat a cupcake uh, and then uh, probably uh, cry over at the bar at Dave and Buster's uh, and then play some video games, I guess, that said Dave and Buster's. That sounds about right. Um, What a downer ending. Happy birthday to me. And that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, hey, you can listen to more at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. Uh, say hi to me on Twitter at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Uh, we're on Facebook at Game Shows Podcast. Uh, and if you want to listen to any of our episodes uh, on a streaming service, we are on Spotify. We are available on Google Play. And we are also on Apple Podcasts, among other many other RSS feeds as well. Uh, So thank you so much for tuning in. Leave a comment. Let me know what game shows you want me to talk about for future episodes. And join me next time when we talk about another great game show, I suppose. Until then, big smooch. Mwah!